FM. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. <laughs> hey, yo, homies. <laughs> Slide down the big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. All right, welcome back to the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer and Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. Now, today we got some guest hosts in the booth today. We got Sage Kotzenberg, Scott Blum. How you guys doing? Chilling. Doing well. You know me. I like the booth. You're kind of a natural in the I'm booth. I'm a booth <laughs> addict. Yeah, he's a booth <laughs> addict. He's actually a king of banter as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the guest today is Jeremy Stenberg, a.k.a. Twitch. How you doing, Jeremy? Chilling. Well, we are happy to have you in the booth. For the listeners that don't know who you are, uh, we got a little brief description here. Jeremy is a pioneer and icon in freestyle motocross, pioneer free riding, as well as godfather of style on a dirt bike. He's a style god. He's got 17 X Games medals. He's won everything you can win in freestyle moto. He also raced off-road trucks. He won the 2010 Super Light Season Championship. He's a great family man. He's an entrepreneur. He's been crushing it with his brand DBK, which is uh, Dirt Bike Kids, the hat I'm wearing. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a banter marathon here. It's gonna be a good show today, guys. Big so one. we're so we're <laughs> excited. So let's start with uh, what what brings you here to Salt Lake, Twitch? Uh, Monster brought us out. We're doing demos this weekend for Supercross last round. It's been good. We've jumped at like 14 of the 17 rounds this year, so we've been having fun. To the layman, uh, like Sage, for example, <laughs> what, what, what is a uh, what is a demo that you're doing? For us, we're basically just doing a half-ass X Games run for 15 minutes in the parking lot three times a day. Mm. And it's psycho for those that are unfamiliar. <laughs> the thing that tripped me out is I was at Salt Lake Supercross watching you guys last year, and uh, it was like no warm-up. It's, we were talking about like a metal ramp and then like a giant airbag landing. What is it, 60 feet away? 75. 75 yeah. feet away. And this guy just like pulls out down the parking lot and just wings a backflip, no warm up, right out of the gate. So <laughs> Everyone's psycho. always like, oh, what time do you guys want to ride practice? We have practice scheduled for an hour. I'm like, the first show. I'm like, we jump the jump one time and then go into our tricks. Or if like if we're inside in front of everyone, we'll just jump it and flip it right off the bat. It's like, you know, I've been doing this stuff for so long. I'm like, you know that feeling of like the distance you need to go. So just depending on what we're doing and where we're at, if it's important, I'll just come out and do like a flip whip right off the bat or something. Damn, dude. Psycho. That that, that's heavy. That's when you know you're old is like when you feel that comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been doing it forever. Well, the thing that, that's wild, too, is like you guys got mechanical issues, too. Like as snowboarders, we just go off the damn jump and you're good. But it's like if your guy's bike stalls out, you can get mangled, right? Yeah, I have a lot. A Has that times. happened? <laughs> yeah. No. Explain how that happens. Uh, I've, I've ran out of gas like two times going off of a jump. It's always when the filmers was like, one more time, hit it one more time. I'm like, yeah, I got this. Went to go do a big flip whip when I first learned them and ran out of gas right off the lip. That one sucked. I've had some good crashes. And then so your bike, like the tires stop spinning, so you're not able to get your rotation around? Yeah. It's like it's basically like like hitting the brakes, essentially. Basically. Yeah, going off the ramp with no power when you need all the power. What about elevation? Like up here, is it a little yeah, different? Yeah, we always set the ramp, we always set the ramp a little bit slower. Like last weekend, um, I think we were at like what are we here? You know, uh, we're 5,000. Yeah, yeah, we were at 5,800 last week and we had the ramp set at 72, but you were hitting it like 85. Like you were hitting Whoa. it pretty fast. Like I was cooking going down. So here should be a little bit better. We'll probably yeah. keep it at the same distance and then hit it normal. Killer. Well, let's run it back to the early days. How'd you, how'd you find uh, dirt bikes? Man, my mom, my dad rode, my mom rode, my grandparents. And I grew up in a really shitty neighborhood down in San Diego. So like all my buddies that I grew up with were either in a gang selling drugs to their brother, or just running from cops all the time. So my dad would just take me riding every single day. 
And I ended up running into the dudes from SMP from, man, I was probably 15 years old. It was like Brian Manley, um, Milo Myers, and all those dudes riding at Palm Avenue at my local spot. And they're like, hey, we're going to start this thing called Freestyle. Like, we want to pay you guys to jump. And I went back and told my dad, he's like, ain't no one going to fucking pay you to jump. He's like, you race for dough. You know, he's like, no one's going to pay you to jump. We went down and had a meeting, and the guys were like, we'll give you 300 bucks a month. We went home that day, and my dad tore down all the tracks and just built jumps everywhere. <laughs> and I always like to show off anyways. Like, even at the local track, like, I would just do – I would lap the triple all day, just do whips, do whips. Like, and I, I grew up riding BMX a bunch, so I was already doing tricks. So when I started seeing, like, Medsker and Deegan and all those dudes doing the same thing, I'm like, I do that same shit on my BMX bike. Like, I'm going to try it on my dirt bike. Like, I ride every day. And then from then, it just literally, I was at the right place at the right time, and I started making money doing this when I was 15. And I'm 40. I'll be 42 this year. Damn. So I got some longevity. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> a hell of a run. I think about, you know, you're talking about, you. so you grew up racing, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a whole different culture, because racing is just like, you're trying to go faster than the guy next to you. I feel like there's not always like style isn't as emphasized as maybe freestyle. No, like for me, my big thing, like I'd rather be really slow and look good than to be really fast and look like a squid and not have style. Like, so I've, I've always had style with, or I've always been into dudes that actually have style, like with skating, snowboard, BMX, like all my favorite dudes were always the dudes that had the best style. And I'm like, I don't care if they can go out and not win a contest. I'm like, they look way better than other dudes. So I've always tried to like base my career kind of around that. Like I always would slow-mo videos of Jeremy McGrath growing up because his style of just riding from the corner to the jump looks sick. I'm like, I got to ride like that, you know? So style for me has always been like a big thing. Like I'd rather lose a contest and look really fucking dope than to win a contest and be like, yeah, it's just a contest. Like, cause for us, like a lot of the tricks for contests were really close. And some of them to me, I'm like, that looks lame. Like I'm not going to do that trick just cause I didn't like the way it looked or the style I did. So sometimes it hurt me and sometimes it helped. Mm. That's wild. What do you think the the similarities between, like, do you see similarities between what you guys do on dirt bikes and snowboarding and skating? What are, like, the crossover things you see? Honestly, just style. Because, like, a lot of dudes snowboard and, like, have dope style. And you see some dudes that will go win every contest where you're like, dude, his style is terrible. You know, like, and, like everyone around you, your whole crew knows. So it's like, I'd rather have more respect for my crew than the dudes that are mm -hmm. judging me. Mm -hmm. That transcends sports. Like that's yeah. you can always see if someone's got their own steed. Yep, absolutely. And that's the thing cool that that's cool, especially for moto, dude. You know, you see like it's it's definitely like kind of uh, when it comes to racing at the track. There's kind of like almost like a tough guy mentality I see sometimes where people are just like kind of like it's all about just being fast and and then, <laughs> and it's like in, and and the people hate each other sometimes yeah. on the line. It's like right, that's totally different. Like in snowboarding, I don't think we really have that. That's Not what's cool really. about freestyle. Yeah. Like, a lot of us, we all back each other. Like, there's yeah. a couple dudes where you're like, I don't fuck with him. You know what I mean? But, like, our whole crew is pretty solid. So I heard a story from you growing up about uh, school, basically dropping out of school. I wanted to hear you tell that one. That one was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I started, like I said, I started making money when I was 15. So this was my freshman year. And then I'd say, like, the second week of my sophomore year, I got kicked out and I was going to continuation school. I was going to Chaparral out in El Cajon. And, and when you go to continuation school, it's pretty screwed. It's like you have the Mexicans, the whites, and the blacks. And if, like, you don't roll with your crew, you don't really have love from anyone. And I was always like, I grew up, I grew up first in the ghetto, and then I grew up where everyone was white power. So I was like, I'm neither. I'm like the dude in the middle. Like, I'm cool with everyone. You know what I mean? So when I was going to continuation school, 
I'd eat lunch by myself. I'd chill by myself during break. Like, I just didn't want to mess with anyone because I just didn't really care. I was there just to get my shit done so I could go ride my bike. And I remember telling my teacher, I'm like, hey, like, uh, I'm not going to be here for school Friday. Can I get my work? And they're like, you can't, you can't miss school. I'm like, well, I'm going to go make money, you know? And I was like, at the time, I was making decent money finally. And I, like, looked at my teacher. I'm like, I'm making more money than you. And I was like, fuck this. And I just threw my desk and left all my books in my backpack. And I just walked out. And I went home and told my dad, I go, hey, I quit school today. He goes, the fuck you mean you quit school? I'm like, I quit. They were telling me I couldn't go make money. I'm like, I'm making good money. This is what I'm going to do for a living. And he's like, huh. Well, I can't really tell you you can't quit. But he's like, if you're going to quit, you better be the best at what you do. So that was just always in my head. So every time I wrote, I'm like, I have to be the best. Like, I have to do really good. So you know how it is being a little kid. Like, you don't ever want to let your dad down. So I was just like, okay, if this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going full bore. Wow. Respect. And it worked out. Yeah. I can't really complain. <laughs> no, you're 42 still at it. You know, I think you should have hung up the dirt bike and stayed in school. Personally. <laughs> I look at some of my buddies that had to go get loans for colleges and stuff like that, and dudes can't even get jobs. And I'm just like, I'm a high school dropout. I've had a great career, and I'm running a multi-million dollar company. I had no fucking clue what I was doing when it came to business. It's like the street smarts kicked in, and I was like, okay, well, we have to make a profit. So let's figure this out. That's killer, man. It's been a hell of a journey for you. Um, I kind of want to keep going on the the arc of like freestyle because uh, it seems like when you guys first started, it was like, you know, there's some whips and some, you know, can-cans and knacks and stuff. But when, when people started doing the backflips and shit, it seemed like everything started going crazy. Yeah, like in the very beginning, it was gnarly because it was like you would go to a contest and you would learn a new trick in your run. Like, you would see someone do something, you're like, I'm going to try that. You know, like, oh, I can do it, but I'm going to change the style of it and try something a little bit different, you know? And we were learning tricks in our run. But when it came to, like, backflips, that's kind of like when uh, when everyone started getting pretty serious. Like, everyone was like, okay, contests are getting bigger, bigger purses, bigger sponsorships. Like, there's money to be made. That's the one I think it clicked for everyone. And everyone's like, okay, I'm going to take this shit serious. So it's like, when we started doing that, I was like, uh, look, I always I always wanted to grow up and be like a racer. I wanted to be on a factory team. And so coming to freestyle and not having any of that, I was like, how can I ride better when I'm at these events? And I'm like, I need a mechanic so I don't have to work on my bike. And I want a trainer during the week because I was crashing a lot. And I'm like, if I hit the ground, I want to be able to like ride the next day and not break bones. So I went and got a trainer, went and got, got a mechanic. And I remember everyone in the beginning, like, you need a mechanic, like you need a trainer. We're traveling overseas and we're building bikes and barely getting – um, track time on your practice. I was like, yeah, I don't want to have to think about this shit. I want to just show up and ride my bike and do my job. That's it. And for me, I think that's when, that's when I started doing really good. Like I started making pretty good amount of money and then I grew up with nothing. So everyone around me made money. You know, like if I was going out, all my buddies were going out and I started partying, doing a bunch of dumb shit, which I feel like every young kid that starts making money does. And my parents could tell me all they want, but they were wrong. Like I was right. You know, so it took me a while to figure that out. How far into your freestyle career did you, like, flip that switch? I would say I started riding freestyle when I was 15. I would say, like, around 20, 22, 23 is when I was like, okay, I'm going to take this like, serious. Off for a little bit. Yeah. And then I had five, seven years of, like, ups and downs, doing good, doing okay. And then I remember. Was there anything that, like, made it click? Um, in particular, well, when I first, I had my daughter when I was 19, my first one, and that kind of, I was like, oh shit. I'm like, it's not just about me anymore. It's like, I got to take care of someone else now. Yeah. And then two years go by, I was doing okay. And then, uh, my girlfriend at the time one day, she, I remember she was like my wife now, she was like, you know, how many people would die to have your job and do what you do for a living. And that's when I was like, 
it made me think. I was like, I never thought about it like that before. I just I would take it for granted because it's it's what I was good at, and it's just it just came natural, so I didn't have to work for it as much. So I was like, fuck, if I put a little more work into this, I'm like, I could win everything. And that's like when I started working because at the time I was going to court for my oldest daughter and I had to quit smoking weed. Like back then, like I smoked weed every time my eyes opened. If I had to wake up at three in the morning and go to the bathroom, I was taking a bong hit. Lay back down in bed, take a bong hit. Wake up at four or six in the morning, take a bong hit, go ride. Like everything was a bong hit before I rode. So I quit smoking for a year and a half and then was riding my ass off and started winning everything. And and Feist and Deegan, they would all make fun of me because there was videos like, oh, I get high, I ride better. And you know what I mean? And they did that for the longest time. And so once I started winning, I was like, huh, maybe I'll just smoke weed when I'm done riding at the end of the day, like use it as like my reward for working my ass off all day. And and that's like when I started winning everything. But it was still so low key because at the time when militia was around, we were killing it, but we were we were the the scumbags of the sport. No one really wanted to touch us. And then once we started winning everything, they had to fuck with us. They were like, huh. These dudes have a personality, like these dudes sell products. So it was kind of like a secret. My whole freestyle career, I would go meet a new sponsor with my, and my managers, and they're like, oh, are you still smoking weed? I'm like, no, high as fuck in the meeting. You know, like <laughs> just smoke the joint outside before I walked and spray cologne all over me, use mouthwash. Like, But that's just my whole career was about having fun, and that's what I I like to have a lot of fun, and I like to ride dirt bikes, and I like to smoke weed. Like that's just who I am. Fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> What was Ash saying about? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was talking to Ash earlier, and he was saying something when you were uh, first making like some serious dough. Uh, you had a little problem with Uncle Sam. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> 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 yeah. When I first started making really good money, I didn't pay taxes for like three years. I was just like, I'd see these bill comes in the mail. I'm like, I ain't fucking paying. I ain't paying. What did these dudes do for me? I'm like, screw that. I'm like, yeah. I found out the hard way. I had to I had to deal with all that for at least ten years, but. We're good now. Good now. <laughs> All right, we got a guest question here from Seth Brisson here. Let me find this thing. Where is it? Oh, Slice. Here we go. Yep. What's going on, Bombhole? This is Seth. I got a question for all Jeremiah. Out of all the medals and events you've won and the prize money that you've gotten, what's the dumbest thing that you think you've ever bought? Oh, my God. There's a lot of dumb things I bought. I, when I first started making money, I think I bought like five BMWs in one year. Like it was like when the 750 Li first came out. I I bought a white one, and then I was like, or no, I bought a I bought a used silver one. I was like, fuck, this thing dope. And like two weeks later, a white one came out. So I bought the white one with the cream interior, and then like a couple months later, they came out with the hat with the convertible one. I was like, oh, I just got a house at the beach. I'm like, I'll buy that for my chick. Then I had a, then I bought a black one, and then later on that year, I bought a dark gray one. I think. And my black one was my sick one. It was all rimmed up system. I straight to West Coast Customs, do the system, do the biggest wheels so the thing rides like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like how you went in on five of the same. <laughs> like straight not through. Not two beavers, this. not three. Let's, burn, let's, Dude, let's blow some cash. Color. Hood rich. Yeah. yeah Literally. Yeah. Like, and my, my black one sitting in the corner with cobwebs on it on jack stands because I took the wheels off of that to put on my white one. And I'm like looking over at this car. I'm like, I'm spending 3500 bucks a month on this thing. And I don't even drive it. It has cobwebs on it you know like i did i bought some stupid shit you had the esco with the uh pickup with the rims right oh the escalade truck yeah i was like i drive a truck every day i should have the dopest truck i could get and then i would beat the shit out of that thing my buddy's like why don't you just have a little piece of shit toyota to go riding and i'm like it's not the point i want the dopest <laughs> shit i could drive right now <laughs> yeah was was ash saying something about like i 
one of the first to make a million and spend a million in, in uh, freestyle? Make a million, spend 1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, going back to the sponsors, I mean, back then it was like Echo, right? Yeah. Uh, Sobe. Uh, I mean, famous maybe came around. There's some wild shit back, back then. Back then it was like Sobe, uh, Echo, who else? No Fear had their energy drink for a little bit. Yep. I rode for them. We rode for Jägermeister for a while. That oh was, that was <laughs> everyone had a Jägermeister machine. I was like, not even 21 yet, I don't think. Like, yeah, we had, there was, there was a lot of sponsors back in the day. It was crazy. So you used to, you used to uh, rate, oh, by the way, I, you know what I loved? I'm going to derail for a second, but SMP and, and what is it? Is it LBZ? LBZ. Yep. LBZ. Those brands were the shit. Dude, Do you ever ride for them back in the day? I rode for SMP. That was like my first. Yeah, that was oh, my yeah. first that, paying sponsor. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm still first. friends with the owner, Milo Myers, like Brian Manley, like all those dudes. Before or after disturbing the peace? Um, after disturbing the after. peace. Uh, that was I would go home from school every day and watch disturbing the peace, Same. Krusty One, Dude. like all those videos and disturbing like disturbing the peach. VHS. Yes, Sick. I still have a copy of it. Like I kept like bins of like all those old videos. Question: I've heard SMP. What does it stand for? For me, it was smoke more pot. <laughs> it was sex, money, too. power. Like there was, yeah. there was a few different ones. Yeah, but I think they would change it all the time. Sick. Yeah. Do you guys do with with uh, DBK? You ever like look back at '90s stuff, like '90s motos for inspo? Yeah, we're actually getting ready to do like a whole like throwback line right now. Mm. But yeah, we always do like, especially like if my chick's designing stuff for for chicks, she always like wants it vintage style looking. Like we'll look at old like Damon Bradshaw pictures or like dudes just like on old ass bikes like. And we did we did a couple that were like that, and they did really good. That is killer. Um, okay, let's get into some other stuff here. Uh, watch around this time era. I saw the Vin Diesel stunt. I watched the whole video behind that with a giant explosion. Do you guys know about this? The triple oh, yeah. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk us through that. Big ass barn, right? Yeah that that was the gnarliest thing I've ever done on a dirt bike. Probably like. So originally it was Chris Rourke and uh, Link Ogle who got the part because their body build were closer to Vin Diesel at the time. And uh, <laughs> those dudes went up there. Rourke was just coming off of a blowing knee. He blew his knee out. I think it was his second time. And then Link Ogle just wasn't really riding that much. So they were up there for two weeks and no one had hit the jumps. And Brian Manley called me. He's like, hey, he's like, can you come up and save the day and like jump these jumps real quick? I was like, sure. He's like, but you got to ride their bike. I'm like, I can't jump them on my own bike. He's like, no, you got to ride the Husky. I was like, and back then, the Husky was a pile of shit. Like, it was just like you wouldn't, no one, it would be like you guys jumping on a snowboard that, like, nobody touches where you're like, you don't, I don't know nothing about this thing. Like, it sucks, you know? Sketch. So I was like, okay. So I went up, jumped the jumps, and the director came over to me. He's like, you want to fill in and you want to do all the stunts for the movie? I'm like, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Like, I'm broke as hell. Like, I'll take any work right now. So I ended up getting the part, and then our, our set times every day were from 6 at night till 6 in the morning. And uh, it was a trip because, like, I've never rode that late before. You know what I mean? It's freezing every night. But the, the, the first stunt we did, I think Link Ogle did the first stunt where he did, like, a double can over the dude. We had these little rinky-dink-ass trailers where we'd, it was, like, a one-bedroom with, like, a heater, and, like, that was it, you know? We did the one stunt, and right afterwards, um, Link Ogle looks over at the director. He goes, when the fuck do we get our trailers? Because all the actors had, like, fifth wheels that were, like, dope as hell. And he goes, when the fuck do we get our trailers? And I want one of those chairs with my name on it. And the guy goes, you guys will have a trailer tonight, and we'll have chairs tomorrow for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was, And it was so sick. So after that, like, we did the stunts, and it was pretty cool. Like, Vin Diesel, every once in a while, would come over and be like, hey, uh, can you guys teach me how to ride? 
So we'd be out back trying to teach them how to ride at like three, four in the morning. And people from the set would just come running down like, what, what, what are you doing? He can't get hurt. It will ruin our movie. Like they would freak out on us. We're like, he wanted, us. he came to us to ask him. I'm like, we're on his movie. I ain't going to tell him no, I won't teach you how to ride. You know what I mean? So it was cool. It was a definitely a good experience. What was the jump like? The jump with the the jump over the barn was gnarly because we could only do one take because they had to blow it up during the scene, and uh, like one take, one deal. They one take. I got the test. It. I got the test jump it a couple times. Yeah, but that was like basically it left from there to go to the next scene, and so that whole building blew up apart. How big is the jump? The jump was eighty two feet to the peak, and normally like our gaps are set at seventy five, so we had to pop the ramp. And like when I was jumping it, I was barely get on, getting over the crest of it. Fuck. And then you would drop and it would, the, the landing would go down and then it would have like an ease, like like the deck and then drop off. So I was like, if you over jump this thing too bad, like you're going to tuck your front wheel off the roof and you're going to like face plant down, you know? So I jumped it maybe like four or five times and I was like, all right, let's go. But like once you say let's go and like you hear machine guns going off, you have the helicopter chasing you and I'm just like, oh, fuck. So I jumped this jump and I, I over jumped it a little bit. But before I even got to the to the top of the roof, they were supposed to wait till I got to the middle of the roof to explode it. As I'm going up and right before my front wheel gets there, I just see it go boom. And like the vibration of like, it was like the corrugated metal, you know, you see that just rumbling and I see this thing lifting. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm dead. Like I'm going to die right now. You know, like there's going to be no landing. And I landed and hauled ass off. And it was funny because my buddy had like some behind the scenes shit and he's like, you can hear everyone. Oh my God, he fucking made it. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, you think I wasn't going to make it? Like, what the hell, you know? So it was gnarly. I was like, stunt works, no joke. Like, I got a lot of buddies that are in the stunt industry. And I'm like, when I see some of the crashes these dudes have to do, I'm like, you just did that willingly. I'm like, I don't want to crash like that, you know? But it was crazy. I was pumped I got to do it. It was definitely an experience. And uh, I made really good money doing yeah, it. How much paper did you make? I think for just doing the actual stunts, there was like four different stunts I would do, and which was weird back then. Like when we were doing it, there was like, there was an adjustment. Like they would come up to you, they're like, okay, you got to do this jump. I'm like, okay, I want 15 grand. They're like, we'll do it for 10. I'm like, I'll do it for 12 because it's gnarly. They're like, okay, we'll give you 12. <laughs> no it way. Was, on yeah, spot. It was like on right spot. on spot. Like I was, I never did it before. I'm young as hell. I'm like 22 maybe. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But my buddy's like, hey, they're going to come up and try to do the adjustment right before you jump the jump. Then we got to the the big one. They're like, oh, we uh, can you jump this in with no helmet? I'm like, nope. I ain't jumping this thing without a helmet. Because I, uh, I don't know. Did you see the barbed wire one where I did a whip over yeah, the fence? That, that yeah. one I had no helmet on. Yeah. I was just like in makeup with like a mask. I had the Vin Diesel mask on and stuff yeah. like that. We would have to go into makeup every day for like two or three hours before we would start the set. And dude, the thing would get so itchy. Like by the by the end of the night, my nose is off like this because I'm like itching it the whole time. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because they would they would come after we did the first stunt. We would be sitting in our trailers, and at the time, like. I was young as hell, so we would just be partying all night in the trailers. Like, the whole trailer's hot box. They'd come knock on the door. They're like, your stunt's in 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's 5.45 in the morning. We're almost off work. We'd go do our stunt. And then we'd go to the cabin, which was in Valencia, at my uh, buddy Porno Dave, who used to film all of our stuff. Me and him and Scummy would go there, and we'd just ride all day long after we'd be on, on the movie set. And they would come out and party with me all night and film shit. Like, it was a cool experience for sure. Was that cash back in the day, or was it a handshake? How was the cash? It, it would, they would send me a check. check. Yeah, you never got to the big the big jump. Um, I think I ended up making. I think for the big jump, I got twenty grand. I think, like off just adjustments, I made like sixty grand. Damn, I was pretty stoked. But then that's the royalty nice. started coming in, and that's when I was like making really good money. And I remember being broke as hell one day. I remember I got a check, and I thought it was for a hundred bucks. I just threw it on the 
in my passenger seat. And then one day my chick was like, oh, you have no money. What are we going to do? And I'm like, there's a check down there on the, on the floor. And she picked it up. She goes, how long has this been in here? I'm like, a month. She goes, it's for 10 grand. I thought it was a hundred bucks. I just like opened it quick. saw one and a zero. I'm like, oh, I'll just throw it down. No here. comma. Yeah. just like threw it on here. I was like, no fucking way. There's 10 grand down there. Like just sitting in my truck. And that's when I was like, I better be smarter about my money. I'm like, just throwing shit around like young and dumb and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Gotta respect it. <laughs> I saw the the video and you, there was a clip of uh, Vin Diesel had his own little weight uh, setup where he would get all pumped before he went on camera. Right before that, like I remember when I first walked on set, he's also you're my stunt double now, and I was scrawny as hell back then, like 150 pounds. He grabbed my arm, he goes, "We're gonna get you some overnight bu- overnight bulk." Overnight <laughs> bulk. He's on my gym's right there. If you want to hit him, I'm like, I'm good, dude. I've never been in there in my life, and I ain't gonna start now. <laughs> That's so good, I'm, dude. You've been talking about. Smoking weed the whole, like, you're known for smoking weed. Yeah. You're you're the weed guy, right? I'm like the Wiz Khalifa of freestyle. Exactly. <laughs> Ass was claiming you don't inhale. That's what he says. <laughs> Ash inhales a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You always see his mouth just full cotton mouth. <laughs> yeah, guy, fuck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm curious. Uh, people must just come at you sideways since you're the weed guy. Like people that want to smoke, like oh yeah, everyone's oh, like, let's toke up. Everyone's like, let me smoke with you. I'm like, sure, I don't care. Like I'll be smoking over here. But like now, like now they like, shit gets weird now. Like some people like come up with weed. You're like, I don't know what the hell's in this dude shit. I'm good. I got my own shit, man. True. Like it's gnarly now. People Back then, smoke. I didn't care. I'd smoke anyone. I don't care if it's mold on it. I'll just smoke it. It's good. I got. I don't care. I'm like moldy weed's cush. weed to me. You know? Yeah, the moldy Kush hits a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Axel was claiming you're not as much of a weed guy as you claim claim to be. I used to be a lot, but I toned it down. I still smoke every day, but mm. I don't need to be high as a fucking kite to be like be high. You know, mm. like I like the f- functional high. Mm. Still got to get shit done. Flow state. I'm an adult, dude. I got three kids. Still got a life to live with them. <laughs> I heard Tyler say he's like, when I get high, I go high. He does, <laughs> Axel too. <laughs> <laughs> Good theory. Well, let's talk about kids because you like what what made you switch? Because you're party guy, and it seems like at a certain point in time, you just started like switched to family man mode and started fucking nailing it. I was nailing it to make them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, figuratively. <laughs> I just think kids are rad. And like when I started having kids, like I just look at them and I'm like, damn, that's that's me right there. Like I made that, you know? And so <laughs> For me, like, I was just, like, tripping. I'm like, that, that's cool. That's, like, a, yeah, that's me running around as, like, a little girl. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just think kids are dope. And you got three girls. I got three girls. It's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> but I fucking love it. Because, like, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to have a little boy. He's going to ride dirt bikes. I'll dress him. We're going to hang every day. Now I see all my friends with little boys, and I'm like, man, they're little assholes. Or they're just <laughs> wide open all day long. And I'm like, my girls are so chill. And, like, at the end of the day, they're still daddy's little girl, you know? So, yeah, they they, uh, they definitely changed you for sure. I was a piece of shit before I had kids. <laughs> Straight up. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. We're always talking about it here at the Bomb Hole because we hammer all of their products. They recently came out with Bub's Brew. It's their coffee bean, the original br- blend. It's USDA organic, it's fair trade, and also it's the first ever coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. Another thing we're going to talk about today is Bub's Fountain of Youth Collagen. I actually just discovered that they made flavored collagen. Didn't know that. And uh, I've been hammering the Fountain of Youth Collagen. 
because it's tasty. It's a nice berry flavor. And we all want to relive our glory days out on the battlefield. And if you want to do that, you got to take care of your body. And collagen is huge for, you know, recovery. So you can go out there and pretend you're still 18 years old, even though you can't grab your snowboard. So we recommend Bub's Naturals. Uh, if you head on over to their website, bubsnaturals.com, use promo code BOMBHOLE to get 20% off your order. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE. Get there. All right, Twitch, I want to get into some hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> Deep dive. All right, we're going to talk about your friends here. <laughs> Who's got the worst whip out of the crew? The worst whip out of the crew? Taka. <laughs> Taka has every fucking trick in the book dialed. Like, best style on everything. Cannot fucking whip for his life. Mm. That's not good. No. That's not good. Okay, who's got the best whip? Best whip? It varies between Axel, Beerman, and Wanky. Those three are always right there. You're not going to put yourself in the hat? No. My whip's old and outdated. It's still fun, but it ain't where they're at. Mm. Like, I'll get a couple good ones every once in a while, but not like these fuckers do. What do you think about butt whips? All right. Chris has got a... (laughs) Mean butt whips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, my, mine's a lot of like a lot of just my head goes to my shoulders and I turn the bar, but the bike's straight. A lot of yeah, you land is, all squirrely. It's, 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 a lot of that. it's more neck and bar. It's, it's neck and it's, it's upper body bike dead straight is what we're going for. As long as you can get a photographer to make you look good, that's all that yeah. counts. Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, we get Max Mandel out there. He just. Tilts the angle a little bit. Makes me look like him. Max makes all of us look good. <laughs> He's Oh, by the way, we also have signed prints of Twitch available at bombhole.com. Uh, we got a limited run. so um, And also, thank you, Max, for sending us those photos. They're insane. Sick. Uh, another question I have. All right, out of all the freestyle dudes, free ride, do you guys want to be called freestyle or free riders? I feel like there's two different ones. Like Raha, Axel, Beerman. Cole Denny, those are the free ride guys. I was freestyle and free ride. So, okay. So, out of all the freestyle slash free ride dudes like yourself and women, because uh, Vicky's in there too. Yep. Who is the fastest on the track? The fastest? Axel and Beerman. Mm. What about Vicky? She's quick. Vicky's quick as hell. Yeah. Like, if I'm not riding a lot, she'll, she'll smoke me. When I'm riding a lot, she's like behind me, and I'm always like, I ain't letting this bitch pass me. I ain't letting this. <laughs> <laughs> Just being, you know what I mean? Like, I grew up racing with, like, chicks in my class, and I was always, like, my dad was always, like, better not let that chick pass you. I'm like, nope. Now, like, when Vicky's at the track and she's behind me, I'm like, this bitch ain't passing me right now. Like, <laughs> But we we talk so much shit to Vicky. She's, like, one of the boys to us. And, dude, she's better than half the dudes we ride with. Mm-hmm. She's bad. She has style, too. Like, Who can she mop up? She can definitely mop up Wanky, right? Yeah, she got Wanky, Taco, all, pretty much everybody else. Like, she's bad. Day in the, day in the dirt, she, um, I remember she was, like, uh, Wanky was, like, Wow, I, I was keeping up with you, Vicky, and and Vicky had no uh, rear brake. I remember. So. Yeah, she had no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I think she lost her rear brake like the second or third lap, mm-hmm. and like she just smokes him. So I was on a team with Vicky and Seth uh, for what's the three three person team called? There was what Bossa Nova was it Bossa Nova or yeah. Stunt GP? No, that's two people. Maybe Bossa Nova. Yeah, Blum and I were Stunt GP. Was that the one where all three of you guys are at the same time? Yeah, all yeah. at the same time. Yep. And I was out there at some point, and you were out there, and um, I followed you on a shortcut, you could say. <laughs> oh, dude, same within our, the one where you pass the wristband. Yeah, yeah the team race? 
Yeah. Yes. That's where the short so it's shortcut start. I was at one point and I just saw you go cut the fucking whole track and I was like, I'm using that line next fucking lap. You when my arm pump gets bad and the trap in the back of the trap gets all choppy, I'm like, Yeah, fuck that. I'll just like jump over hay bales. I remember the one year Kenny, who runs Fast House, uh Alexander, every time I come to this section, the, the hay bale would be moved back farther and farther. <laughs> and every time I'd just be like, yacht, just jump right over it. And I'd look at them and just keep going. And then I remember looking at the uh the score sheet. I came in and they're like, Oh, you got third place. And I was like, No, I fucking didn't get third place. I'm like, I ain't claiming that trophy. I'm like, give it to the dude that deserves it. I was cutting the track. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering what your take was on that. Day in the dirt for me is just a fun-ass race. Like, I don't give a shit what place I got. I'm out there to have fun and drink some beers and ride bikes with my buddies and just, Mm -hmm. like, laugh the whole time and feel like a piece of shit and not want to touch a bike for a month afterwards because you ride so much. Mm -hmm. That's a fun one. Yeah. It's a good time. It is. It's a really good time. Yeah, what made you get back? Because that's you were just free-riding, freestyle, motoing. What made you get back into racing? I've always, I grew up racing. Like, that was always my dream. Like, I always motored the track. Like, I will go to the track once or twice a week. And so when I started riding for Fast House, Kenny's like, hey, like, come out and race Day in the Dirt. And I raced Day in the Dirt probably 10 years ago before that with Deegan, and we won, like, the industry class. And it was fun, but from then I didn't touch a track. Like, I didn't go race forever just because I was always so busy riding events. And every year I wanted to race Mammoth, there was, like, a due tour or an X Games qualifier or something like that. So I never really got to go do all that. So when I started having time and not competing and doing a bunch of shows, I was like, man, I'm going to go hit some local races. Like, rode two-stroke national, rode day in the dirt, rode a couple local local races, and I was just having fun riding my bike. How's the fitness? Then it was good. Right now, it's not so much. <laughs> you I haven't Mammoth, touched it. What's did that? Did you do Mammoth last year? No. I, I've never. I've still never got to race Mammoth yet. You should do it this year. I want to. It's so late. Mm. It is August or something this August year now, right? It got pushed deep. God, Mammoth made me want to have kids. It did, dude. This guy calls me last day of Mammoth, 30-minute phone call. <laughs> dude, we got to have kids. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, we just raced dirt bikes. <laughs> <laughs> what made you think that? Dude, we were racing. It's Father's Day weekend. Yep. And so we were Sunday. The, the last race was uh, Josh Grant and uh, who was he racing? Martinez? Was yeah. the, and they Cole were, Martinez, they, they were battling. They were battling. It was fucking insane. So was mean. Wide open, like, just, and the track was hammered. Passing each other back and forth. Passing <sighs> each other back and forth. And to I'm the, at the wire. Top, top of the hill, and I'm with, and Josh Grant's kids are right next to me, and, like, didn't know that, but he'd be coming down the hill, and they'd be, like, going, let's go, Dad, let's go, come on. Like, and they're, and I'm like, shit, man, I, I got to have some kids. Like, <laughs> it's Father's Day. They're cheering them on. Like, that's so rad. Yeah, that's actually, well, not this year, but that would be a good reason for you to race. Yeah. You know, bring your kids. They can cheer you on. They were cheering you on a day in the dirt. I saw them. Yep. Um, okay. Well, uh, what about the, the Winter X Games? You Winter guys, X. You guys used to show up and ride. I don't, do you remember this, Sage? That looks yeah, so sketchy. Like, probably right when I was. When did they stop doing that? 06 was the last 06. year. Yeah. So I was in it a couple years after. Yeah. But we always, yeah, always watching on TV. It was cool as hell looking on TV, but it was the most nerve wracking and scariest event ever of the year. Sketch. So sketchy. Like everyone's always like, oh, if you crash, it's probably not that bad. I'm like, we're not landing on fucking snow. It's an ice cube that's as hard as concrete. Like, because you can't have like a slushy landing. No. And like when you would take off from the rut, it would go into like 27 different ruts, like your line. And like they would always have to put like the blue dye on it so you could see your line. Because sometimes, like, if it was, like, snowing a little bit, like, 
you only have little tiny spikes in your tires. Our bikes run like shit up there. They're super slow. Two so strokes? You, two strokes, yeah. So you're always hitting the big jump, like third gear wide open. Like, it was a big one. And dude, I seen Deegan crash. He broke both his arms, his femur, like, dislocated the hip. Like, that was no joke crashing up there. Did you that, Did you wad up there? Uh, no. That was Deegan I'm thinking of. Man. Yeah, I won the last year there. That was snow to snow, though, right? Yeah. Not a ramp. Sketchy. Yep. Yeah, super sketchy. Their lip's probably, like, 15 feet tall, like... Because everything had to be way bigger, and and it just doesn't look good on TV if it's all small. So and you guys are j- jumping at night, yes, or daytime during the snow. Like I remember the last year we went there, they canceled the event, but I was sitting there like I was riding my ass off. I'm like I'm winning. I like I just got done winning my first gold medal at Summer X Games, um, best trick, and then six months later was Winter X Games, and I was sitting there. I remember riding practice, and we we ride the qualifier, and we we're supposed to go straight into the finals, and they're like, oh, it was barely snowing, and everyone was bitching and complaining. I'm like it's fine. Like, let's just ride the fucking event and get it over with. But at the time I was so confident. I was riding my ass off every day, twice a day where I was like, I don't care if it's snowing, raining, tornado, like I have my jump and I'm going to stick my trick every fucking time I go for it. So I remember they postponed it to the next day. And it was funny because like my buddy Ox at the time who, um, him and his chick went and did like a, like a snow, like a sleigh ride with like horses and hot chocolate. So my chick got all, let's see who can be the most romantic. And so she tried to book the same thing. And we ended up at a fucking snowmobile place out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. on the top of this mountain right before our finals, like drove off the road, got stuck. It was like the raddest shit ever. It was so much fun. And I remember hauling ass back to X Games. I missed practice and went straight into the finals and won. And wow. that was the last year they had it. Boom. Gangster. It was pretty sick. Like, I'll never forget Hell that X Games. Yeah. I was Wait, pretty so, stoked. You were just in that state of mind. Like, there yeah. was no other option. When you're on, you're on. Yeah. You know, you don't care what's going on around you. Yeah. If it's windy, you're like, nah, I'm, I'm Honestly, good. it was like probably sick that you just showed up and just got it over with. I always notice, like, anything, anytime I'm rushed to do something, your natural ability just kicks in and you just do it. You don't yeah. think about it. So for me, I was like, I saw Nate do a big old no handed flip. I'm like, watch this, bitch. No handed <laughs> flip to can cattle side set a lander. I'm like, done. Wow. And, and then one. Pretty stoked. Who was your biggest competition? Biggest competition? Like winter and summer. I would say summer. That was one thing I never got to do is I never won a freestyle gold no, medal. No, what person? What, what? Who, what who, person? Who, who, who is your biggest, like, like Oh, Pastrana rival. and Nate Adams. Mm. Yep. So the so my 05 winter or summer X best trick was the first time I beat both of them. It was when Pastrana did, like, the bar spin and the bike broke. <laughs> and then I remember I was on uh, the Tony Hawk Boom Boom Huck Jam Tour, and they sent us the course map. And there was a 92-foot dirt hit and a 75-foot ramp and, like, this little stupid thing Travis carved out of the back to do, like, that little mini flip bar spin. And they were, like, we got there in practice and, like, Bartram, all the dudes were, like, oh, we're going to take the dirt jump out because no one's going to flip this thing. I was, like, fuck you. I'm flipping this thing because I'm winning this event, you know? And I went out and just did a trick I was doing on um, the Boom Boom Huck Jam Tour. Where I was just doing flip, whip, no footers the whole time. And I got there and I flipped that jump and I went flip, whip no footer to one hander lander. And at the time, no one was doing any of those. And for me to do it on their dirt hit, like the first time I jumped in and qualifying I, or in practice, I did it. I looked over and Cameron still was like, you're going to win this event. And I'm like, I've never won a medal before, like nothing, you know? So for me to go out there and do that in my hometown, like I was so stoked like that. I think that was like the game changer for me where I was like, I can beat all these fuckers. Like I can do this, you know? That's killer. Sometimes it takes that one moment. It does, and you just get a boost of confidence. What what was the one-liner you said from uh, Bill Enos? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Oh, um, don't be scared to win. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause like so many people are, they think they want to win. Like, yeah, I want to win it. I win. And then you show up and everyone's like, ah, I kind of half ass it or something. Yeah. Or, like, you, or you, you always have an excuse. You have like, an excuse. Yeah. People are like, ah, dude, I was just like not feeling too. I didn't sleep good last night. Yeah. Whatever. My back Somebody just takes that one moment. You're like, yo, I'm going to win this thing. Yeah. Like, and then you're on that just like that level. Yeah. You know, you can beat other people. You, you know, you, you did it. So you know it's possible every yeah. time you show up. You see it in like, sports teams too like it's not just like an individual thing like when everything's clicking together it's good and it takes people a while to get out of a funk yeah right around that time in 06 too was like when me and nate adams became pretty good friends like we were always cool before that but like we would go to an event and he would win or i would win we started battling back and forth and i i, I he lived right down the road from me i hit him up one day i'm like dude i'm like we should start riding together every day i'm like because you know how practice goes you're still it's still a competition like you're still trying to be better than that dude that, that the whole day you know it's just how it is like with our competitiveness. So we started riding together every single day. And like every day was a contest. Every day was like a next games run in the backyard twice a day. Like we'd go be just firing tricks off. Like, oh, he learned that? Fuck it, I'm going to try it. Or I'd learn something, he's going to learn it. So at the end of the day, when we would show up to an event, we would always know, okay, best man's going to win today. Like, let's go. And we would always pick last practice. That was like our thing. We would always show up early. We're like, let's do last practice. Because we would always be the ones that would flip a new jump first. Everyone else would flip it after they seen someone do it. So me and Nate were like, fuck that. We always go out first practice and flip something, and then they know they can flip it. So we started going out last practice, and then we would flip it in our in – our la- we, we would go out last, and then you'd only get two practices. In our second practice, we'd flip all the big jumps that no one else wanted to do. So they would have to do it in qualifying the next day. So we would always wow, had an upper strange. hand on everybody. Wow. Smart. You see that in slope style, like people start biting each other's run. Do you experience that? Colonel K? Yeah, for sure. You see everyone's rails runs or your jump run, and you're like, oh, I can do that on that jump. Yeah. When you didn't think it was, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So for us, that was, that's when I was like, dude, let's just ride together every day. And whenever we get there, we're going to be one and two. Regardless. I think you had that with him. Like, yeah. Like one and two, and they're like homies. Cause, cause you think about like a lot of the racers, like everyone's trying to hide shit from each other. Mm-hmm. They're hiding injuries and hiding this. And I looked at Nate, I'm like, dude, you're the best. I'm one of the best. Like, let's just push each other every day. So we're yeah. always on the podium. And we did that for years. And you made some money. Yeah. Had to pay them taxes on Doug. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk let's talk like big events. You what's the most you ever took home at like a single event? Um, probably X Games and when when the when the purse used to be like fifty G's and then like Echo would um match your bonus so it'd get another fifty G's and then like that's I one beamer. It. That's one beamer. Right yeah. yeah, yeah. One of five. Gray, gray beamer. <laughs> Let's put that bitch on jack stands because yeah. we got to get a new one over here. <laughs> and I want those wheels, tires. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say like the most I've ever won in a, at an actual event, probably like back in like the prime, like 06 to 08, You probably went in like 150 grand. Wow. Like with bonuses and everything. Because back then, like a lot of my shit was bonus bonuses. Like I didn't really have a good salary, but mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I'm like. Put in big bonuses because I'm gonna win those motherfuckers. Like it gave me something to work for. Mm. Hey, you were on some fucking crazy big time shit back in the day with MTV and all that. Like, what what's the thing that people come up to you the most about? Like any of that? Famous? They're like, I remember your true life from MTV. I have Tourette's. <laughs> I'm oh, like, yeah. that was so long ago, dude. Mm-hmm. You had an MTV. Yeah, on, on True Life. I remember. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. So so. Yeah, let's talk about that because I don't know if our listeners know that you have Tourette's. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that. it was crazy. Like the MTV hit us up one day. They're like, hey, we're doing this TV show. I have Tourette's. And like they came out and filmed a bunch of shit. It was like kind of like a little mini reality show. You know what I mean? And I did that for a few months. And then when it came out, I was like, I felt bad because like some of the other people that actually had Tourette's were gnarly. Like they were just like could not control it. I'm like, my case is so mild. It's like I shake my head or I get little ticks here and there. Like 
it's it's never stopped me from doing anything. People are always like, oh, how do you do that? I'm like, I just fucking do it. Like, I just ride. Like, whenever I'm riding my, like, I do it more when I get nervous or excited about something. Like, that's when I'll do it more. But everyone's like, how come whenever you hit a jump, you don't, you don't do it? I'm like, because I'm focusing on what I need to do. It's like, I always do it before I turn the corner and after I land a jump. And a lot of times everyone's always like, man, I seen you riding out there. How could, were you just not happy with your run? Every time you landed, you were shaking your head no. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's my Tourette's, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And it was funny too, because in like junior, in like high school, all the time, my buddies always be like, "Hey, do something out there." Fuck, <laughs> shit! <laughs> and like my buddies would be dying laughing. The teacher would be like, "Oh, it's okay. He has Tourette's." So like, <laughs> I would use that to my advantage all the time. You know, like yeah, like all the time. Why would you stop doing that? Yeah, <laughs> being the grocery store. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but like, even like growing up, like you know how, how kids are. Like kids are fucking mean. So like, I would get in fights all the time because I'd see dudes shaking his head or talking shit or like. Walk by and hear him talking shit, and I just got to the point where I just turn around and just start punching people. I'm like, "Fuck you!" You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't help this shit that I have. Like, and they had, like tried to put me on medication for the longest time, but I'd literally go to school and sleep from like period one to period four, and then be wide awake the rest of the day. And I, I think I quit taking medication when I was like 13, 14. I was like, "This shit don't do anything but make me get tired." But I did notice, like, as I got a little bit older, like smoking weed always calmed it down for me a lot. So dirt bikes and smoking weed, would you say that's your medication? Yes. <laughs> Clean. Works good, dude. Yeah, we're yeah. Still working, dude, Still oh, going, dude. Straight Blum and I went to the track I'm this morning. That. We're feeling great. Did yeah. you guys get stoned? No, I didn't. didn't. See, you would have had better whips. Try that tomorrow. Yeah, dude, I might be curled up under the coffee table if I do that. <laughs> we'll see what happens in that one. Uh, I gotta say, um, yeah, back in the day, I remember watching. So I grew up with like complex motor ticks too. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, same shit. It's like people, people bug out on them, and it's like. Yeah, it is what it is. But then I saw you at X Games, and they're like, yeah, Twitch is Tourette's. And I was like, no shit, dude. <laughs> I was so hyped because I was like, oh, someone else got this that, like, does something that I like to do. Yep. It was like, gave me, like, motivation. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, That's cool. never like, going to, like, get in your way or stop you or anything. I can't so. I can't even count, like, how many messages and letters I got, like, throughout, like, my prime of, like, people being like, hey, thank you so much for showing my kid that, like, anything's still possible. And, like, how many kids were like, dude, like, my kid was – gnarly until he I just let him get on a skateboard and skateboard all day and he'd just like forget he had Tourette's and would have fun 100%. so it was cool being a part of that but it was nothing I ever set out to like hey let me help you guys it was just like cool to get messages like that all the time I'm like yeah it's cool dude like thank you yeah sometimes that's yeah. all it takes yeah totally and it's like find your groove too you could maybe you wouldn't have made the best accountant if you got to sit there and like stare at like a like sit in a chair and like but, no but, I'm sitting there shit <laughs> <laughs> Let me erase that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you hop on a dirt bike and it's just like, ah, I'm going to take this energy and just fucking, it's like, 80, I always think ADD is great for like skateboarding and snowboarding and moto. It works out awesome. I think for me growing up too, like a lot of it, like having Tourette's like in, in dealing with like shitty kids in my neighborhood, like when I would get on my bike, it was just me. It was, it, it, I didn't think about anything else. So for me, that was kind of like my outlet. If I wasn't on my BMX bike, I was on my dirt bike. If I wasn't on my any of those, I was skateboarding. You know what I mean? Like I just would just try to pick up activities to do all the time just to like keep my mind out right now this is a snowboard podcast uh where are we at with snowboard did you snowboard at all back in the day i used to snowboard a bunch i used to snowboard shit a lot like whenever we get a lot of snow me and my buddy jimmy hill you know jimmy hill mm-hmm. he would always come down and stay with me and we would go like three days a week like no shit where uh we would just go up to like um big bear or summit bear always had like a good park i always loved jib and like i love rails like and I, I would snowboard a lot. Like, I would hit every rail in the park. But then there was a while where I got hurt. I remember I broke um, both my wrists and my nose. 
was going 270 board slide 270 off and when i slid off i like i spun quick and i smacked it into the box and I was like, fuck this. Like, I can't get hurt doing this and not be able to go do my job. Mm-hmm. And then so I didn't snowboard or do anything for probably like four or five years. And then after Jeremy Lust passed away, we were all sitting there. And I'm like, I'm so scared to go do other things than just ride my dirt bike. And it was making my dirt bike not fun anymore. So I was like, fuck that. I got to start snowboarding again. I got to start riding BMX again. So I started doing everything again and just having fun. And it kind of just like took my mind off the whole Lust thing. Because I at, right after that, I was like, fuck, that could be me. You're like, I ride every day with this dude. And, you know, I've seen a guy every day, and then the next weekend he's not there. So for me, it kind of just made me open up my eyes. I'm like, I got to go have fun and live my life to the fullest. And if I fucking – something happens, something happens. But at least it happened having fun. Mm. Yeah, but now stuff. my ankles are fucking toast. I like, I've had a mini ramp at every house I've ever lived in besides the last two houses. I can't run out of anything. I can't roll my ankle or it breaks. So I haven't snowboarded or skated in at least five, six years. But you've been golfing. Yes, old man sport right there. <laughs> Tried and true. It's so fun and so hard. I remember Sheckler hit me up to play his tournament. That was how I got into golf. I went and played his tournament, and I was horrible. And I was like, I got to figure this shit out for myself. Like, I need to I need to do this. And I've been hooked for the last 10 years. Shit's fun. It's Mental it, warfare. It's... Uh, you hit every up and down yeah. you possibly can in 18 holes. You go through the ringer. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck you. I love this. I'm never playing again. I'm throwing clubs. And then I'm fucking, you guys want to play tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> That's golf. You, earlier you mentioned how, you know, you, you didn't want to get hurt uh, as a dirt biker riding a snowboard. It's kind of, for some reason, it reminded me of Tyler Beardman a little bit. <laughs> He gets hurt doing everything. <laughs> Walking, brushing his teeth, skateboarding, snowboarding, golfing. mountain biking, golfing. Yeah, everything. He's the only person you know get hurt golfing. Yeah. His flat back was the best one I've ever seen. As soon as he ate shit, I'm like, that's going on every golf game page right now. We yeah, sent it, we sent my buddy AJ filmed it and we sent it to our buddy Travis from PGA memes and they just put it on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen that, Julian? We'll, th- we'll have to throw that on the screen. For it's you. really good. Yeah. He full just like lay out flat fly swatter. Dude, in the back, water. Into the like, water. Yeah, it was, Minor it was concussion. the gnarliest I've ever seen. He had con- concussion protocol on the golf course. We laughed for like 35 <laughs> minutes straight. Like the ne- that, that happened on 17. That hole, was sh- that hole was closed. Like you weren't supposed to play that hole because there was a river. And we were all playing and we were battling back and forth. And my buddies were like, we're finishing this hole. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll finish it. And I was the first one to jump back across. Like, we all ran and jumped across. And when we came back, you had to run down, like, this little hill. And when we jumped across, I was like, in my mind, I was like, don't don't two-step land this thing. Like, I was like, fuck it, just put a foot in the water. Because in my mind, I'm like, you're going to eat shit, and it's going to be on every meme page. And then I'm, I'm like, dying laughing. I look at my buddy. I'm like, you better film Beerman's ass because he can't run. His ankles are worse than mine. And Beerman came and just went two feet, just back splat, like flat on his back. I was dying, dude. <laughs> It was a good one. How's the DBK golf merch going? We only make it for the homies. Okay. <laughs> we haven't sold it yet. Like, we get so many smart. messages all the time. We're going to, but it just keeps getting pushed back on the back burner mm-hmm. until we have the funds to do it. Runky keeps telling us to make bombhole golf merch, but I was wondering, it seems like we'd sell about three t-shirts. We make we make shit that we want to wear when we golf. Like, all my shirts that I have are, like, collarless ones. I'm, I'm not a polo guy. Like, you know, like, for the longest time, I would, um, I think they're called, like, Dicky. Dicky tops or something. It's like it's like a short, like um, like a business shirt, like a button up. I would just put that under my t shirt, so mm. it just had a collar hanging out. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't, like, I ain't dressing like that. 
That's so good. Let's hit a uh, let's hit a guest question. We got one from. We want to go Axel. Let's go Axel. Axel's got a good one. Here we go. What's going on, Fritz? It's your good buddy Axel. Hey, I got a good question for you. What's your favorite thing to do after a long weekend riding shows? <laughs> He asked me one time, too. He's like, what do you do when you get home? I go, as soon as I get home in my house, I get naked and jump in my bed. Every fucking weekend. <laughs> Every Sunday, the first thing I do when I get home, I just take all my clothes off and jump in my bed and just start watching TV. <laughs> he'll always send me, he'll, he'll be like, what are you doing right now? I'll just send him a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Laying in bed naked, dog. That's so good. All right, we're going to take a quick break and get into a guest question. The guest question is presented by Oakley. I run the Oakley Line Miner Pros. Uh, as my goggles, and I have about five brain cells left, maybe four, and so I started wearing a helmet to save those brain cells from uh, being gone, and so I won the Oakley Mod 1 Pro helmet. It's got a little BOA system in the back. Highly recommend it. Also run the Oakley uh, Moto goggles, Air Brake, maybe? Yep. You run those, too? They're good. Yeah, I love I love their goggles. And they make tear-offs, too? Yep. For racing. The good laminate ones where you can put 27 on the still seat through mm-hmm. them. Exactly. And I get, get too antsy during the race and just rip off the entire pack right out of the gate. Done that plenty of times. So uh, the guest question is from our good friend Tyler Bierman. Obviously, he uh, sent it in late because... Because it's TB. It's TB. So we're doing it with the phone, old-fashioned style. Here we go. Yo, bomb holes, TB here. And I have a question for Jeremy Stenberg, my grandpa, a.k.a. Twitch. Um, Jeremy... How do you say so relevant in a, in a sport full of groms? <laughs> and honestly, you've been doing more shows than you ever have. Let's talk about that cheddar bisque. Give the people what they want. Let's hear the cheddar bisque you're making. Much love, boys. Have fun. And uh, can't wait to hear this answer. <laughs> Good old TB. I, I think him and Axel for sure are the ones that keep me um, on my toes. And with being relevant, still, it's just literally riding all these shows. And, and every time I ride with Axel and Beerman, I'm like, I can't let these little bastards outride me every time. Like, I started this shit, so you can't be better than me all the time. So I think for me, that, that, that keeps me young. It keeps me, like, um, keeps me on my toes for sure because I'm like, I can't let these little bastards outride me every time I touch my bike. So every once in a while, I got to show them what's up. And uh, It's kind of like PH's approach. Like, I brought you into this shit. Yeah, and know? I can take you out. And I can take you out. Exactly. <laughs> And the part two was uh, about the cheddar biscuit. He's wondering how much money you're making for these shows you're doing. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having fun, dude. And like, I, I would be doing this if I didn't get paid. And I'm and I ride all the time anyway. So why not go get paid? These these companies mm-hmm. and people still want to pay me to go ride a dirt bike, and I can still ride pretty damn good. And until that day when it's not fun anymore, and these dudes can outride me, I'm gonna keep riding till then. Mm. Wow. You know it's a lot when he doesn't tell you how much it is, and he just <laughs> says a lot. That's good shit. All right, I think it's time for uh, you know what, boys. It's a it's a marquee part of the show, and we call it name that video part. Oh shit! Okay, Twitch, are you familiar with the concept of name that video part? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna play a not a snowboard video, but it's gonna be tailored to you. In the moto world. And if you get it right, uh, you get that prize pack. It's a bunch of bomb hole gear in a duffel bag. You get it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell him that. It just sounded better. <laughs> Don't tell him that. 
All right, let's see. Let's see your knowledge of this Moto World video part. Okay, here we go. Fuck, I know this song and I, I know the part, but I can't think of who's writing and where it's. Play it one more time. It might be a montage. It's from Krusty, right? That's correct. Yes, I know it's from Krusty, but I think, I think it is a montage. I think it's when, um, I want to say it's like one of Enzo's crashes. Maybe I don't know. Is it Amic? It's it's a montage. I believe it's that's Krusty three. Mm-hmm. And I, is it a Florida montage? I don't. Was there a Florida montage remember. in that? You thought you picked it. I I know I picked it, but I, <laughs> I totally forgot what it was. I figured he'd know because I, I remember it was from a Krusty movie, but I couldn't remember. I was like, I had a bunch of different. I had like a Suzuki clip on one side. I had like yeah. jumping over water on one. I had like an Enzo crash. Like they all, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, white zombie. I mean, it was all. I mean, yeah. all big, one big blur of Krusty. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Definitely so, crusty. So okay, so Vicky said that that crusty was too easy. So we have a bonus one for you. This is a non-crusty video. Um, we'll see how you do with this one. It's definitely not a video I watched a lot or liked. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> what was it? Uh, well, that's a clip of you in <laughs> in uh, like Transworld Motocross uh, Stones and Stone, Stone, spray, Stone, sandwich. Stone spray Sandwich. Stone Spray Sandwich. Wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> no, it's literally dude, the soundtrack in that video sucked. No, for hey. me, like so. So <clears throat> when I think of a video part, and when I pick a song, it's shit that I listen to. You don't listen to that? No. <laughs> No. And it's like, I remember watching videos of McGrath back in the day, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He listens to this song. And then there's certain songs where I'm like, I don't like this fucking song at all. Like, so for me, whenever I got older and I would do video parts, like, I would always pick my own songs because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a rep- representation of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Couple, th- <laughs> couple things. Like, that is a clip literally of you on your dirt bike while that's playing, which is amazing that you didn't know it. And then, and um, I've probably watched that movie once. Eli Tomac has a video part in that. And he's a baby on a Suzuki. Yep. He's like, looks like he's five. And he's playing video games, getting interviewed. And uh, it was amazing. Yeah. I, I like the Tomac part, given the circumstances of his, uh, you know, kind of heartbreaking season this year. <sighs> that sucks, dude. Don't even want to talk I about it. I was so gutted for him. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Okay. Um, good stuff. This one's for the listeners. This is a snowboard video part. So this one's not for you, Jeremy. Uh, and. If you guys know the video part, uh, comment on the photo of Twitch when this episode comes out, and that's where we pick our winner on Instagram. Okay, here we go. Sage already knows. You, you guys know what that is? That was a... That's correct. I just watched it two days ago. Do you know which part? It's... Um... How old's that video part? I think ish around that area. You know, you know who it made me think of right off the back was uh, Mark Frank Montoya. That would be a good Marco yeah. part. Uh, 
That is very Marco-esque, but it's not him. Oh. You had it. Can I you beep out? Can you beep out all our, our voices? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know Marco. Yep. Who? Let's let's talk about a couple of your favorite snowboarders. Dude, I I don't really watch anything anymore, but obviously Sage, you know, Colonel. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I just like his really fast shades he has all the time. Always. I like how he brought it back to like fuck it. Yeah, it's sick, dude. You watch some old videos. You guys were repping those exact shades. Probably. Yeah, for That's sure. Like, when like when people started wearing fitted hats again, now I was like, when I got on Monster, the most hyped. I was like seventeen, so hyped to get the fitted caps. Yeah, just like put them on. Like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're all. Everyone's like, oh yeah, fitted caps. I'm like, dude, I always like I never thought they were whack. Some facts, funny. The deep dishes. Yeah, dish. I always double double ear tuck. Yeah, you go. You tuck the ears. Yeah, yeah. Got the Cooper. I like get so picky. We started making all of our own hats because a lot of the times, like for a while there, we couldn't even buy new eras. So I'm like, let's just make our own. That's sick. Sick. Um. So I went to uh, Red Bull Imagination last year. You're kind of the kid. Kind of put on put on for a city out there. That was sick. I want to uh, hear you maybe talk about. The, the backflip or the that like kind of unlocking that gap would be cool. That uh that event is insane. Like I wish I had that when we were competing. We had stuff kind of kind of like that. Like Renner set out to do with Red Bull and did like ride the hills. Him and Doug Parsons. Parsons was like Doug Parsons was probably one of the first ones really pushing for like free ride events like that. And I remember they had it up at that dude um, Danimals or Jackpots and a couple few other places. But for Beerman to take it to the next level and do what he did for our sport was pretty dope. Like, I remember the first year I went, I was, like, sitting there watching these dudes hit shit where I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I remember when I was, like, I wanted to go out and jump everything first. I remember sitting there going, I don't want to jump one jump here. And then the second year went by, and I'm like, I'm bringing a bike next year. You guys look like you had so much fun. Second year came, didn't bring a bike. Third year came, Beerman's like, hey, you better bring a fucking bike this year. And like I was almost like not gonna bring a bike, and I was like, "Fuck it, it's like a once in a lifetime thing to get to go out there and ride this, ride these jumps." And it's all the way out in Kansas. We're never out there, so I was like, "I'll come out and ride one of the days." I came out and rode the first day I was there, and I remember walking up, getting nervous. Like right when I pulled into the property, I saw the first jump, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm gonna ride today with these dudes." But at the time, I was riding. It was we just got done doing Supercross last year, so we rode all 17 rounds. We were doing a bunch of different shows everywhere else. I just came off of riding Calgary Stampede where we ride for two weeks straight. So at the point, I was like, I'll jump anything right now. Like, my timing's so good. And I remember getting there, and everyone's like, you going to ride the, the morning session or afternoon session with us? I'm like, maybe I'll ride the afternoon. Like, I want to watch everyone ride the jumps. Like, I, they were there already there for three days jumping shit. And then I remember walking over to the trailer. I was so nervous. I'm like, I got to go shit right now. I'm like, I, I, I got to get over here. And as I'm walking to the bathroom, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to shit and gear up and not say shit and just go start riding. So I heard him geared up. And I went down to the bottom of the course where no one was at, and I just started riding jumps by myself. And then all the dudes came over. They're like, dude, we haven't even jumped three of these jumps yet. I'm like, what? I'm like, no fucking way. So I was, like, tripping that I jumped some shit that they didn't jump yet. And then my whole goal going there was, like, I want to make these dudes flip something that they wouldn't have flipped if I wasn't here. So I just started looking. I'm like, what can I flip? I'm like, okay, I'm flipping this. I'm flipping that. And I just started flipping shit right off the bat. And it was so much fun. Like, I didn't even, like, after I hit the first jump, like, my nerves just went away, and I just started clicking jumps off. And then, like, Axel and Beerman came over and Vicky, and we just started riding everything. And it was probably the most fun I've, I've had on the dirt bike in 10 years. Like, since, like, due tour events, like, where we had dope courses or, like, LG Action Sports, like, 
actually having big dirt jumps. So for me to go out there and do all that and have fun with those dudes and and know I still have it when I want it is pretty fucking cool. At 41 years old yeah. at the time? Mm-hmm. That's Sick. Dude, Tyler was just talking about how that was one of the most like inspirational things for him as a person that looks up to you to still be able to lock in and and then backflip the the course to course when the you big went, gap the big gap. 140 that thing yeah. was third gear wide open like 140 150 feet like and that's when I was like I'm gonna flip this fucking dick right now and then right when I was doing it that um the Julian kid flipped it right in front of me I was like motherfucker so I just heard him jump the jump and flipped it right behind him and then I didn't even know Axel was sitting on the hill behind me and after I flipped it he's like. I ain't gonna let grandpa talk shit to me, so he flipped it right behind me. He came over the hill all pumped. I thought he was pumping me up, like, oh fuck yeah, you did it. And he looked, he looked, he was like, that thing was sketchy to flip. I'm like, you flipped it? He's like, yeah, I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like that. I'm like, there's one of my goals clicked off. Like my goal going there was I wanted to jump the tree jump because the tree jump looked gnarly. Like you can't test jump it. Like you just see branches and it's windy as hell. And I was like, okay, so my goal going there was like, I wanna jump. I want to jump the tree jump. I want to flip something that no one's flipped yet and make these dudes flip it. And then I want to uh, flip something in third gear. And that was that big jump over from course to course third gear. So I was stoked. What about uh, watching Tyler open up that gap? Dude, like, I knew something was up. I didn't even, like, look at that jump yet. Like, I didn't even, like, really notice it. And I was sitting there, and as we walked up, he was, like, riding by. It was, like, early in the morning. He was riding by. And, like, looking, I could see him looking over at the jump. And when he looked over, he almost ran over one of the photographers. Like, he almost hit someone. And I seen him just, like, he looked at me, and he's just, like, had this death stare in his face where he's, like, <sighs> he, like, looks so pissed. I'm, like, what the fuck's wrong with this dude today? And then he fucking turned and took a test jump. I'm, like, oh, he's focusing on this right now. So I, like, everyone's sitting up there by the lip. I'm, like, I'm going to go by the landing in case he eats shit. I'm, like, this thing's gnarly. Like, it was, like, I want to say it was, like, 165 or 175 peak to peak and like the landing went down and it kind of like it kind of like pyramided like around it was almost like a little pyramid like around that whole little tabletop you know and i'm sitting down at the bottom like where you are and the lips way up here and i see him just come third gear wide open like he took a couple runs and then like when he turned the corner i looked i'm like oh you can just tell by his body language i'm like he's going right now and i looked over i'm like get your camera ready and he just came third gear wide open as fast as he could. And I just like looked up and I'm sitting down at the bottom of the course. So it was kind of like a step down a little bit to where I was. And I'm like watching him. He tried to drift left to make it a little safer. Cause like a lot of times for a moto, like if we're trying to like test jump something, we'll jump it off to the side where the landing's a little smaller or a little mellower instead of going all the way over in case you come up short. Like if you come up short on like the top versus like down here, it's not going to be as bad. And I just seen his bike just start going more left, more left. I'm like, Oh fuck. He's missing the landing. And then when he landed, his arm, I thought his arm blew off and he smacked his face on the thing, but his arm just went all the way down and he smacked his face on the uh, handlebars. And he was only back on his bike for like, maybe, he rode my house three times before he went out to Imagination after coming off a gnarly injury. Or he watered at Mammoth. That was yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, so he compounded his arm, got knocked out for like eight minutes or something That's like bad. that. He came to my house and rode the 75-foot jump two or three times before he went out there. And when I seen him doing that, I'm like, oh, fuck, his arm's done. Like, I, th- I thought he broke his arm again because how he landed. And I just rolled over to him, and I'm just like, he's like almost like in tears. He's just like tripping, and everyone's just like, ah, and he's just all, fuck. He was so pissed that he went to the side and almost crashed. Then he went back up, got his shit, like got his head clear and came back and just greased it again. And then, like, I looked at Axel. Axel's like, He's like, I got to jump that now. 
But Axel was cool. Like a lot of times, like what bothers a lot of us is like, say someone d- goes and does something gnarly for the first time at an event. When the dude right next to you is like, fuck that. And he goes and jumps it right away. It's kind of like disrespectful yeah. for us. You know what I mean? You're like, let this dude have the limelight right now. Like, he just did something gnarly. And so for Axel, he just like, cool, sucked it up, came back the next day, jumped it in his run of the contest. Didn't even fuck with it. It was like, all right, Beerman did it. I'll do it, but I'm going to wait a day. You know, like, that's cool. Like, to, to see those dudes play off of each other, those dudes are probably, like, two of the gnarliest guys in our sport right now. And to see how tight they are, and like, they're homies. Like, they kick it all the time, and they just feed off of each other. It's so sick to see. It's like it felt like it was me when I was younger with me and Nate, like, for the contest side of shit. Like, oh, you did that? I'm going to do it too, but out of respect, I'll wait a day. Or I'll do it some – you know what I mean? Like, so that, that, sh- that stuff goes a long way in our sport, I feel like. Yeah, that clip – did its rounds gnarly, and then clip and then Axel jumped it the next round. day and did a trick the first time. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so sitting in the thing tripping. I'm like, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, totally <laughs> Dude, Beavis and Butthead. One hundred percent. And they just laugh about it like yeah. that too. And then we, we had Tyler on the show. We asked him like, how do you hit that big shit? He's like, don't think, just go. Yeah. We talk about hollow head. You just want to have hollow <laughs> yeah, head. Hollow you want lights on, on, nobody's home. And it was <laughs> funny too. He was like, he was so in tune with himself and his bike when we got there. Axel, like all the jumps were different. All the jumps were new. And he jumped everything before everybody else first. Mm-hmm. And then we look over and we see Vicky jumping jumps that those dudes didn't hit. We're like, what the fuck? She's killing it right now. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just cool. Like the whole group of dudes that you see at Imagination, mm-hmm. it's just like a fun group of people and everyone's just off doing their own thing. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And for the listeners, I think it's cool to provide maybe a little context where this event is, it's in if snowboarding's terms, it's like holy bully on steroids with all kinds of transitions, all kinds of quarter pipes, all kinds of stuff. And it's all non-linear. It's not like a straight line. There's all kinds no. of transfers and it's like and a holy bully super park. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a holy like, bully yeah. super yeah. park. Yeah, with a little bit of natural selection field in there, like yeah. the best of the best. Yeah, elite. It's an elite field. Like you can unlock gaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they're oh. doing it in their runs and yeah. stuff like that. Like you see people eyeing stuff up. Like there's some sketchy stuff there, yeah. and like it's cool that it's happened the last three years, and no one's really gotten. I've seen some gnarly crashes there, but no one's really gotten broke off too bad. So it, it's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it's riding, still gnarly, but it's still safe. You know, yeah. the riding level there is just like that's what I say. I, I think if you have riders there, like they know what they're doing. No one, no one there should not be there. You know, mm-hmm. and it and it's crazy too. Like a lot of guys will get pissed off. Like Beerman, why didn't you invite me? It's like, dude, it's a Red Bull event. Like he can only have so many monster claws there and so many rock star helmets. You know, like mm-hmm. and people kind of get pissed at him because they're not invited. But he's like, I don't want people to come to my event that aren't there to have fun and, and yeah. be a part of the, of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like a huge paying event. It's more of like bragging rights with your boys and just like the whole trip. Like, it's our buddy Adam LaRoche, who's an ex-baseball player, badass dude. Like, it's his property. Like, it's just the whole vibe. Like, you wake up in the morning. He has all his buddies there from like SIG. Like, hey, you guys want to go shoot guns today? We'll go out and shoot 25 different guns. And there's like a – we go – like, there's just so much stuff to do there. He has this big-ass ranch out in Kansas, and it's just – the whole vibe of the event is so rad. So yeah, sick. that was a rad one. Um, yeah, I'm curious. You're 42. And 41, dude. Don't 40, be speeding that thing up on 40, me. 41. Correction, 41. And you're still getting after it. Because I guess that makes it. I was thinking 41 when you jump the whatever. It doesn't matter. So you're. So you, how do you keep? How do you keep the hype alive? 
for the old guys, give us give us the secret. What's the secret to life? It's funny because riding all these Supercross demos, like I meet dudes that are my age and they just look so old. I'm like, <laughs> and they just act so old. You know what I mean? I'm like, they're like, when are you going to quit? I'm like, it made me start thinking. I'm like, am I, ch- am I still trying to live a dream that I already lived? And I'm like, no. Like, I would be doing this if I didn't make money. Like, I fucking love riding my dirt bike. Like, any chance I get to ride, like, I go ride because that's what I have fun doing. And for me, they're always like, when are you going to quit? When are you going to quit? I'm like, shut the fuck up when I want to, when it ain't fun. You know what I mean? Like, if when these dudes can outride me every time I ride and it ain't fun, that's when I quit. But I can still ha- outride half these little fuckers. So for me, I'm like, why would I quit? You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, I was talking with someone with it the other day. It's like, I can always tell my fan when they walk up from, like, my generation. You know what I mean? Like, they got the kicked up hat. They're wearing all black. But it's cool to see, like, these little kids where parents are like, do you know who that is? And they're like, it's Twitch. And I'm like, I've, I've gone through so many generations of fans that it, it's cool that I, like, am still somewhat relevant. You know? Like, for me, I just, I'm having fun riding my dirt bike, so why would I quit doing that? You got, you got one of the best socials, too. Thank you. <laughs> I keep it real. I've kept it real my whole career. If someone's on my page talking shit, I'm talking shit right back. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I feel like you see, you know, a lot of human beings are maybe scared to be themselves because others might judge them and things like that. And I feel like you've remained totally authentic to who you are. Would you say that you attribute some of your success to being kind of unapologetically yourself? For sure. I've never gave a shit what anyone thinks about me. It's like, you either like me or you don't. It doesn't bother me if you don't like me. Like, it's not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like, and that's why I feel like I've always been so open with like, Smoking weed. I'm like, why am I going to hide something that I, I like to do? It's like, what would I hide riding my motorcycle? No. I'm like, this, I'm like, that's who I am. That's what I do. And if you don't like it, cool. If you, if you do, even better, you know? Like, And that's why, like, when I started, like, when I quit riding contests, like, I went to all my sponsors. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I don't want to ride contests no more. Like, I've already won everything I've wanted to win, almost. And I'm just not having fun. Like, I want to, why can't, I was, I was looking at it like, look how many, like, backcountry snowboarders there are, how many street skaters that are badass that could show up to an event and win, but they don't write events. They just make video parts. And that's when I was like, why can't you do that for moto? So when I went to my sponsors, I was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm going to make video parts. I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to, I'm going to buy a camera. I'm going to get my own filmer. I'm going to own all my own content. When you need photos, I got you. If you need clips for your YouTube, I got you. And I just started making all my own stuff. And I told my sponsors, I'm like, if you want to be a part of it, cool. If not, I told it to get it. No one else has done it in my industry. So it's cool to see this many years later and you see dudes like, Axel and Raha and Beerman, dudes benefiting from like me stepping outside the box and being like, fuck this, I'm gonna do what I wanna do that makes me happy. And back then, like, I was always watching skate videos, just snow videos, like shit for just inspiration. Like, I'm like, dude, that's sick. Like, they're out in the middle of nowhere and they're just shoveling the b- baddest gaps. And I grew up riding BMX, so I love building jumps. So for me to like take that into my industry and do that and then see these kids benefiting from it now is cool to see. Like, I get stoked when I see video parts all the time and I'm like, these dudes are killing it. What was the first major video project you did? I think the first major video project I did was um, Hoodrich, one of my documentaries. Yep. Yeah, and then after that was... Um, 420%. 420% all natural. That, that was the up. first one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's all, you sure you want to name it that? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. yeah, how was that received from the industry when you, when you put those out? It was good. They were stoked. Everyone was stoked about it, and... I don't know. I just, I've been so open with my career that like, whatever I do, I kind of get like a pass of like, oh, he's just, 
He's a pothead. It's fine. But go ahead. You're good. You know? He's a pothead. He's got yeah. Tourette's. He can yell yeah. whatever he wants. Yeah. He's a hollow head. Yeah. <laughs> and then you race trophy trucks. Yeah. Or race, whatever. Stadium trucks. Whatever the fuck yeah. Short course off-road. I did that for a couple of years. It was fun as hell. Like, first, first year, I won a championship in, like, the spec class, you know. Second year, I got put into a truck that I shouldn't have been in yet because it was, had way too much horsepower. And then I dabbled in that for, like, three to five years. And I remember one day, my wife's like when are we going to make money at this? And I'm like, fuck, I am spending like 250 grand a year to go race this truck. And I have these logos all over my car. And I'm like, so at the end of the season came, I'm like, and I quit riding dirt bikes for a little, I didn't quit riding dirt bikes, but I wasn't doing as much stuff. I was losing a lot of my sponsors. And I was like, that's when I was like, I got to get back on my dirt bike. Like I wasn't having as much fun. Like the truck shit was cool. Like I think it like, um, it made me feel good inside that I was doing something competitive and like racing and like working for something. But then I forgot. I'm like, I have a whole career over here that I'm doing that I've been doing my whole life. Like I need to ride my fucking dirt bike. And that's when I just started riding again. And like, kind of like re rejuvenated, I don't rejuvenated. know, rejuvenated myself, you know, like it gave me that kickstart in my ass. I'm like, this is what I do. And this is what I'm good at. So keep doing this. I love that. Is it fun racing those things? It's super fun. Yeah, like if you could drive a go kart, or if you could race, if you have line selection on a dirt bike track, and you race, and you can drive a go kart, you can race off road. So, so I shouldn't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, then. <laughs> so, Sage, you're gonna want to steer clear of that. Let's look at this from a civilian moto <laughs> point of view. Shouldn't get in one. <laughs> Dude, I remember. I don't think it was like the national that they used to do outdoors in Utah, but we went. I ended up racing go karts with you at that weird. West oh Valley. my god, that was so they're fun! They're fast as shit. Miller Motorsports Park. Yes, and I remember you were behind me, and within like two corners, you were fucking gone. We were jumping through the rocks, like we were doing all kinds <laughs> of stuff. We all got kicked out of there a couple of times, but that place is so fun. Yeah, it's good times. I don't know. I wonder if those go karts are still going. They were incredible. They probably suck now. You know, Blum and I raced recently. Uh, Fuck off, Blum. Do you remember what happened when we raced? Uh, we raced go karts. Fucking only time you'll ever beat me. <laughs> you know what I did? Tell him what I did. Oh, he went and bought the trophies just so he could give me <laughs> no. the fucking yeah. They don't give you trophies. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Andy did. saved the uh, fucking time card. Yeah, this guy beats me on the on the motocross track. You get so wide. I got him at K one <laughs> racing, and I I printed out the thing, I saved it, and I bought the trophies. I like it. So you know, that's what you got to do. What you got to do. Win's Respect. A, wins a win. Wins a win. You got to yeah, get that. Yep. And again, Sage, you're gonna want to steer clear yeah. of the, of the a- absolutely steer clear. <laughs> Let me know if you take it up. I'll for sure come watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good shit. Uh, all right. Good stuff. Where do we want to go from here? Oh, I got a guest question from PH. Oh, God. <laughs> if you guys are unfamiliar with PH, he's a living legend. Um, if you don't know, he loves to brag about how good his kid is. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. He is a fan of Axel. Okay, here we go. Jeremy Stenberg, how you doing, everybody? It's Philip Hodges. <laughs> Listen, we got into this sport to go race, and we were good at it. And then Axel saw you doing all this jumping on dirt to dirt, and we loved it. Axel, Dad, I want to go jump. So we learned how to jump going dirt to dirt because you said that's the way to go. And we noticed some people were jumping in the foam pits and on airbags, and you told me for the last 10 years that that was for pussies. <laughs> and I'm wondering now, we go to do these demos at the Supercross, and we're using airbags, 
and you told me you would never ever jump into an airbag, <laughs> but now you won't jump unless it's an airbag. And I'm wondering <laughs> why why you change your mind on us after telling us dirt to dirt's for the badass and airbags are for pussies. Why are you just jumping airbags now? So, I want to know. So good. I talk shit on the bags and all that stuff for years because everyone's like. Oh, they're doing like I remember at a contest they were using an airbag for a landing and like a resi mat and I'm like, what the fuck? I never got to learn it or do a trick at a contest to a waterbed or a fucking air mattress. You know what I mean? I'm like, I had to like <laughs> waterbed. I'm like, you're waterbed eating, it's the same. If shit you're eating snowboard. shit, like they're they're, yeah, they're showing same, up. Sure. I went to X Games and they had a airbag landing on on the landing for practice day, so dudes could do double flips and shit wow. like that. I'm like. <clears throat> I feel old as fuck right now. In my day, you went to, they fluffed up the landing and made it a little softer for you, but it was still only that much fluff. And it's like, if you ate shit, you're getting broke off. So I talk shit on airbags forever. I'm like, those are for pussies. I ain't jumping that shit. And then my buddy Keith Sayers, who does all the demos for Monster, and like every every time we jump, we're on Sayers' setup, whether East Coast, West Coast, Canada, wherever we are, we're at. And uh, he, 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 worked with bag jump and developed the bag that we ride now, which is amazing. It added five more years to my career. Like riding ramp to ramp mobiles in parking lots is sketchy as hell. Like so sketchy. Like you barely over jump. You barely case. Like your room for error is really tiny. But when it comes to the airbag, it's so much safer. And I talked shit to Keith for like a year and a half. He's like, come ride this show. He'd always try to hire me. And I'm like, I ain't fucking riding that thing. Like I was just stubborn, you know? And then we came here a couple years ago for the Salt Lake Supercross, and it was, it was that landing. Monster's like, hey, we want you to come out and jump. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, bring the metal landing. He's all, no. He goes, have I ever steered you in the wrong direction? He's like, just fucking jump the jump. I'm like, all right, I'll ride it. I literally jumped it one time, landed, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, this just added five years to my career <laughs> easily. Like, it was so much easier to ride. Like, like when, it got, when it gets windy, you don't care. The landing's wider than normal. It's 14 feet tall, like – I seen Bilko slip out on a knack flip, eat shit gnarly, and get back up and jump the jump 20 seconds later. How much squish has that thing got? You probably sink in about three to four feet. Not bad. Not bad. Like, there you can... There's, what happens when you land, like, a little bit sideways, a little bit off on a whip? It straight flip. perfect. Oh, no way. The only thing that's sketchy is if you land off to the sides. Yeah. So do they do it? Is it more for safety, or is it because it's easier to, like, pop up and travel with? It's way it's- easier to travel with and just safety. All right. But, Yeah. Dude, Somi's bike died on the gram, and they catapulted in the front of it recently. I saw. Oh, I seen that. Yeah, or like Harry awful. Bink went to go do like a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was fine. I've seen it save a lot of people. I, it it will make you eat shit too. Like last year, we were up in Canada, and I learned a new trick on like the third day. When I came back, I was over jumping because it was windy, and when I came back, my foot barely clicked the shifter and it hit neutral, and I over jumped down to the bottom when I landed. I went to go gas it. And I, I thought I just clicked it in the first gear. So when I landed, I held it wide open, and my body folded into the bag, and it, like, turned me and slapped me backwards just straight to my back and my head, and I slid, like, 60 feet on the asphalt. Gnarly. Ooh. But if I would have been on a dirt landing or anything else, I would have been fine. Yeah. I would have just overjumped and, like, maybe smacked my face on the handlebar, but I would have, you know what I mean? And uh, so you can get messed up on them, but it's way safer for what we do. Like, normally when we get windy on, like, a, nor- on a mobile, the mobiles weren't that wide. And it would get windy. It would push you off to the side. It gets sketchy on those things. It's so wide. You have so much more room for error that it's like you don't think about it. You just ride the show and do it. Sick. I'm more into the waterbed landings. <laughs> we got to get those going. Yeah, yeah. We get the waterbed landing technology. I got the, the water- patent. I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Waterbed technology. 
PH is the best, dude. Uh, I, love, I love I love, Philip. He's like, I got into this motocross shit because I love it. Now my kids are trying to make me stay home. He's like, I got these fuckers into this because I wanted to keep going. You know, like, he gets so mad. I'm, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had him on the show, and he was a riot in the booth, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's he loves to talk, so you were probably had him on for, like, mm-hmm. five hours. Yeah, he was. Ta- he was really proud of his cell phone, the, the Android S twenty two. He was. Re- it was all jacked up on the S twenty two. We're like, bro. Yeah, your videos look cool on your phone, but you can't send them to us. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Film on ours so we have clips. Yeah, he's like, yo, I got a clip of you. You're like, dude, you yo, cool. Um, download it, <laughs> format it, and then email it to me. That's sick. Well, we haven't talked about uh, DBK yet, so maybe we go DBK. Like, what's going on? For the listeners, what's DBK all about? DBK is uh, Dirt Bike Kids. My buddy, Daniel Sani. Um, Should I give him an air horn? Yes. <laughs> he he was one of the dudes, the first dudes I... He would always be like, Dirt Bike Kids. Remember that Dirt Bike Kid movie back in the day? But he would always sign Dirt Bike Kids on everything, and we would always be like, oh, we're Dirt Bike Kids. And one day I'm like, dude, I'm like, we should, we should turn this into a company. And he's like... I ain't never gonna do shit with it. Like he works for his dad. He does like farming shit, like bunch of bunch of shit for his dad's company. And I was like, let's turn this into a company. And he's like, I ain't gonna do shit with it. He's like, do whatever the fuck you want. I was like, all right, let's do it. Like we were always like, we're dirt bike kids, you know. Like, and so for me, I started it. I want to say in about 2011 or 2012 originally, and I was competing a lot, so I didn't really have a lot of time to do it. I was doing it out of my garage. We made some hats and some t-shirts and shit like that, and. I think we did like a hundred grand the first year, just off and on, you know, like wasn't taking it too serious. I was still riding for, I want to say militia at the time, maybe, or like right around the time where I quit riding for them. And then, uh, this company hostility hit me up to start riding for him. Right. When my famous deal was up or actually famous licensed it from me on like my third or fourth year because they didn't want to pay me as much money as they were paying me. And I was like, oh, I'm like, so these dudes are going to license it from me. They're going to pay me and help me build my brand. I'm like, it's a no-brainer. So three months into my deal, DBK gets shelved, and they just put it on the back burner, and they don't do shit with it. And then halfway through the year, I start getting checks that aren't the full amount. And then my deal ends with them, and I'm like, killer, I wrote it for these dudes for three or four years, and now you have all my fans buying your shit. Now I got to go figure out again what I'm going to do. And I contemplated, like, maybe I just do DBK, but – I'm like, I got a mortgage. I got all this shit I got to pay. The dude from Hostility hit me up like four times. And every time he'd hit me up, he'd be like, hey, I want you to write for Hostility. He'd say, give me a number. I'm like, I don't think it's the right fit, dude. And he'd throw an offer. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And then after a while, he was finally like, he's like, just give me a fucking number of what you want. And I just threw a stupid number. I'm like, 300 grand. He's like, cool. I'm like, huh, really? I'm like, okay. So fucking, I went down, met with him, signed the deal. First year was solid. Next year, halfway through the year, it kind of got a little shady. We're like, oh, the drop didn't do that good. I can't pay you your full salary, but I'll, I'll make up for it next month. And that went by for like another six months where I'm like, bro, you owe me a couple hundred grand right now. Like, what the fuck? So that's when I was like, fuck it. He ain't paying me. I'm overbuilding brands for other company. I'm like, I'm just going to do my own shit. And if it works, it works. I figured if I took half the effort that I put into being an athlete and riding dirt bikes my whole life, if I put half of that into trying to learn business, I can't fail. So at that time, I was like, fuck it. We did a pre-order. Our pre-order did like 500 orders. I want to say it was probably like around 50 grand or something like that. And that was basically how we started DBK again. It was me. Well, my buddy, my buddy Tim Milhouse from 
he was like my my main dude at Famous. And as soon as I left Famous for the next two years, every fucking message I would get from him, let's do DBK. Let's do DBK. I used to see your numbers in Tilly's. Like, let's do DBK. <clears throat> and I was like, I, w- I would get to the point where I didn't even want to answer his calls because I knew he was going to be like, I'd be like, what's up? He'd go, let's start DBK. And I'm like, fuck, I'm tired of hearing this. You know what I mean? And so I wouldn't take his calls. And then one day I called him. I go, hey, let's do DBK. And his phone just got silent. He's like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, cruise down. Let's figure this shit out right now. So it was uh, me and my wife and then my buddy Tim Melhouse and my brother-in-law, John Sanders, are the owners of DBK. And uh, <clears throat> we just started going from there. We did our we did our pre-order. That's because we didn't have the money. We had the money to start it, but we didn't want to use our own money. We're like, Let's do a pre-order and we'll see what sizes are selling good. Like, so we, we would know what quantities to order because we didn't want to order a bunch of shit and have like too many smalls and too many triple X's. So we basically bit, we based our business model off of like, okay, we need this many. So if we're doing 60 smalls, let's do 120. So we have them when we're not selling out all the time. And then from then on, we just would try to, we, I wouldn't say train our customer, but we almost trained our customer to be like, these dudes drop something every Friday. And if you don't get it, you're not getting it. Like we don't, we don't, we're not remaking shit, you know? So we did that for the first year and a half. So every Friday we did a drop. And weren't you doing it out of your, um, fuck. It looked like your living room or like your dining room. I was doing it out of my formal, it started in my formal living room and then it went to my formal dining room and then overstock would go to my other two car garage (laughs) And then it started going down the hallway to my master. And then your wife's just like, get the fuck then, out of here. And, and and I wanted a warehouse from like the first day we did our pre-orders. Cause I'm like, I want to fucking, I want to hang out like this to go chill with my buddies and like smoke weed and design shit, you know, like just let me get out of the house. So we did it out of my house for about nine months. And then finally my wife came home. She goes, our fucking house reeks like cardboard. Like we got to get a shop. And it was like, when it was at our house, you never got away from working. Like we would go out to dinner, have a couple drinks, come home. Look at Shopify and be like, Pass fuck, let's get, let's get some orders done. And we'd work till midnight, one in the morning, wake up in the morning, do some more orders. Like you just never got away from it. So for me, like when we got a warehouse, I'm like, okay, what's our goal when we go to the shop? We got to get this done, this done and get this many packages out. So it kind of gave me like a, let's figure this out and we're going to do it here now. You know? And, and for me, it was cool to figure that out. I didn't, I never ran a business before. Like I, I'm, I've. I can't read like my math sucks. Like I know just enough to get me by, you know what I mean? But I'm like, if I take half the effort I put into doing this, I can fucking figure this out for sure. And I had a lot of cool people to call and ask questions and run shit off. Like I'd always hit up my buddy, Josh Merrill from liquid, um, Danny from Dicks and flannels, like just dudes that have been around and been doing it for a while. And I'd call them like, how do I figure this out? And like at the end of the day, it's like, you have to make so many mistakes to figure out what not to do. And, and it's, it's hard to teach that until you do it yourself. So it's like, there's sometimes like we put in an order and the samples were really great. But then when we got the product, it fucking sucked. And we're like, what are we going to do with this? We're like, let's give it away. You know, like we, we, we did, um, we made a bunch of underwear one year and, uh, this company from trying to hit us up, sent us the tech back, sent us all the shit. We made it. I posted a, f- a photo of it and I got a, a message from Ethica. They're like, we're going to sue you. If you sell this, like we're suing you. Cause it was their cut and sell, which we didn't know. We were just, we're just like, let's make our own underwear. You know what I mean? Wow. And then, so we're like, all right, fuck it. We're going to give it away. So we put, we'll, every order over 50 bucks gets a free pair of underwear. We had dudes putting in 10 orders to get 10 pairs of underwear. So we made so much more money off of doing the $50 order and giving away the free underwear. So for us, we were like, fuck, we're onto something here. So we would just start 
my wife would be like, okay, this holiday is coming up. Let's buy these products and we'll just do a giveaway with them on the website because everyone will buy something if they think they're going to get something for free. So we're like, let's hook our fans up. Like, let's give them shit. Let's give them cool things that you can't I buy. I love the helmet giveaways and shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with, with Bell and DBK, like we'll just yeah. do helmet giveaways all the time. And like, everyone's always like, oh, you probably picked the order that that sold the most money that day. I'm like, I'll pick a dude that bought a sticker for fucking two bucks. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like, picks it and it's the funniest wanky reads like the dude's note. <laughs> yeah. That's ah, the best. And that's what's cool about us too. It's like, what other brand do you have? Dudes that are relevant and writing contests still packing your orders. It's yeah. like there's not it seems that like many you really brands. Take care of your homies with DBK. Like yeah. following it on the gram, seeing like the atmosphere in your warehouse. It yep. seems like all the dudes hanging out. It doesn't even seem like work, but everybody's kind of It's kinda... fun as hell. And it's like sometimes we gotta crack the whip like when we're busy, but it's like we'll have fucking whiskey Wednesdays, tequila Thursdays, <laughs> like everyday people's drinking beers like after lunch. You know what I mean? Like it's I wanted it to be a fun environment. Like when you think about going to work, like you don't want to go work for someone who's an asshole or who treats you like shit. I'm like, just don't fuck up the orders and don't burn the place down. And I don't give a fuck what you do. Let's just let's make our let's make everyone happy and like have a cool product, you know. And, and that's that that's when we started like we're like, how do we make more money? Where we got to make our own cut and sew. Cut and sew is hard. Like you're going sample after sample, and then like you get samples, and then you get a box, and it's not the same. So it's like we 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 learned a lot with doing all that, and it's just been a fun journey. Still, we're still trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're three and a half years in and we're still crushing it, but it's like, you got to make those mistakes to learn. Mm. It's so cool to see, uh, you know, I, first of all, fascinating listening to like how, how you do the approach of this whole thing, because like we're, we're running our little business here, you know, we're trying to do our thing and, and I'm a consumer of DBK and it's like, you know, the reason why I'm wearing, I'm wearing a DBK hat is like, it's like, um, I see you guys on Instagram and then, you know, you're like, in the warehouse doing some dumb shit. <laughs> and it's like, and then, wanky, and, dude. and then like, you guys are like, yeah, Wanky's like broken English is His amazing. Weather, dude, Wanky's <laughs> weather report. Wanky's weather report, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm, you know what? Like I'm fucking, I'm, that hat's dope. I'm buying it. Like I'm supporting these dudes. Cause it's like, Wanky's packing the box or whatever it is, you know, and it, and it's working. Like you guys, you guys yep. are killing it. And I, as a consumer, I I really admire the way you guys run your business. People always want to be a part of something fun, and everything I do is for fun. I don't do it because I I I it like I have to do it. It's, I do it because I want to do it. And like with the whole clothing thing, it's like we made shit that we want to wear. Mm-hmm. I'm like minimal guy. I like super small logos and like just basic stuff. Like like Sage's Oakley shirt. Like that's dope. You know what I mean? Like tone on tone. Like. We like stuff like that. So we're Flesh always them. like, I, I won't ever, I won't ever make something because I know it's going to sell a lot. I'll make something because we all want to wear it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the difference with our company is like, we do it because we want to, not because we have to, or because, because you want this, you know, it's mm-hmm. like for the longest time people were like, Oh, make flex fix, make flex fix. I'm like, I fucking hate flex fit hats. They suck. And then we make them. <laughs> so, so, sorry, Sage. Sage is currently wearing one for the listeners. We Damn make it. them. We make them. No one buys them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck that. Let's go back to like snapbacks, like what we wear and what we like. And and that's when we started. We started making our own health, our own hats because some of them weren't deep enough, or like the the bills get all wonky. And like with our cut and so I would always wear a two X hoodie when I normally wear an XL just because I wanted it to be longer. But then I hated how wide it was. So all of our hoodies that are are cut and so they're longer and a little skinnier, and the sleeves are shorter, so they're not all bunched up and baggy as hell. Like. So when we make something, it, it's for a purpose because it's like what we want and how we want it to fit. And it's grown into this like legitimate 
business, which is amazing. You guys sponsored Paul Palo last year, right? Dude, that was that was, <laughs> that was kind of amazing. The opening round of outdoors. Like, How much did that cost? It costs a lot. Our buddy Myron, who <laughs> runs all the sponsorship for it. Am I not supposed to ask that? No, that too much? no it's just, it costs a lot. <laughs> That's when you know it costs a fuck ton. Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Yeah, we have to tell you, you know a, it's really stupid money. We we almost it's broke like the bank bins. for that one. Like, we were like, we are like, when we got the opportunity, we are like, fuck it. Let's, who, would you ever think you would sponsor, like, your local national, like, the first round of outdoors? Like, it happened so, it happened within, like, a week and a half where Myron hit me up, and uh, he's like, you guys want to do this? And I hit up all the dudes. I'm like, what do you guys think? They're like. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And we just got a shipment of um, our buddy Tim. Here's another another deal. My boy Millhouse orders these track chairs because we wanted them for the back mm-hmm. of our vans, and like we're like, fuck, I need to get some of those. These will be real. dope. We ordered them six months before. They showed up the week of Paula National, and they look like fucking kids' chairs. <clears throat> the sample that came was like a normal chair, fit perfect. We opened up the container with all these chairs. They're like miniature size. We're like. What the fuck are we gonna do? Is we just spent so much money on it. <laughs> our number one selling thing at the Paula National was our track chair and umbrella. So we're like, let's make a kit, a track chair and umbrella, and like everyone just bought chairs and umbrellas. And like it was our first time, like with our first overseas order and like buying something like that. And like half like a quarter of the chairs, people would come back, hey dude, I sat in this thing and it broke. I'm like, fuck here, take another one. You know, like we're sorry. You know, like <laughs> we were just like, we dude, we we got these a week ago, like we're sorry, like you're taking umbrella too. Fuck it. Here you go. Like, so, and, and that's the thing too. Like a lot of, a lot of companies were like, oh, we're going to send you a return label and blah, blah, blah. Like if we fuck up, we own it. We're like, Hey, keep it, give it to a buddy, use it for a rag. We'll send you a new one out tomorrow. You know? And, and, and my guys are drinking and smoking. So sometimes like someone will be like, Hey, I ordered a large and you sent me a three X. We're like, fuck my bad. Let us send you a new one. Same thing. Dude gets a three X, not as large again on the re on the, on like us replacing the order. We're like, He's like, hey, guys, you did it again. We're like, my bad. I won't let Wanky pack it today. <laughs> and then we'll send them more shit, you know? So we, we try sick. to make up for our mistakes, and it, it is what it is. It mm. costs us a lot of money when we send out the wrong product, and it screws up our inventory. But mm-hmm. I think maybe by year 10, we'll get it figured out. Where are you guys at right now? <laughs> we're just uh, right, in Mary, right on Marietta Temecula border. We're right across the street from, like, Factory Husky and uh, KTM. Amazing. Clean. And you guys have been three years, four years? Three and a half years now. Damn, it's insane. Yeah. Wow. It's cool. Like it's it's definitely something I never seen myself really doing. But at the end of the day, it's like I want to make stuff that me and all my friends mm-hmm. want to wear. Yes. The other thing too, like AP Aaron Plessinger, he's got his pro model gear, and yep. you give him what do you do? We give him a royalty? Yeah, we do a royalty work? off all that for him. Yep. Like a really good royalty. Like you know, back in the day, like when you did a royalty with a sponsor, it was like if you were lucky and you were winning everything, you were ten to twelve percent. You know. So we were like, let's quadruple this shit. Like we're we're doing big we're doing big royalties for like our dudes like that because we want them to make money and we make money and it gets us out there to another customer that we wouldn't have had for mm-hmm. being freestyle guys, you know? Yep, smart. So it's cool. And, and everyone's we're all fans of Plessinger. We love Plessinger. Like oh, yeah. just there's not a lot of racers that have a personality that can be themselves. And he's yeah. one of those. And he's a dude that I've always looked at. Like, this dude is so marketable. Like his whole do it for Dale, his mullet, fucking cowboy. Like that, that's who he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's genuine and we back him. And he's all heart too. You yeah. Know, he lost and he should have won. And God, yeah, great God. speech, man. Tearing up. Come on. Dude, it, it, that sport takes heart. Mm. 
I'll tell you what, you play your cards right, you could have a mid-pack C-class vet rider or with two. a D- DBK logo on the shroud, or two, potentially. We might send you a discount code now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that fucking <laughs> wrong size. <laughs> that hooking sponsorship. Yeah. You might want larges, but we're going to send you smalls. <laughs> you order every size. Like some, something's going to come. Yeah. Like the other day, my wife, my wife does customer service still, and she's like, I hear her. She goes, "What the fuck, son of a bitch!" And she's just typing. I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Someone ordered 17 shirts and they got four. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she's like, so like when the dudes were fucking up, we're like, hey, like when you check it off initial it because we want to see who's making all the mistakes you know mm. of course the one that was fucked up had no initials on it. everything was checked off but there was no initials so like when it comes out of the printer on quantities we'll circle in red so you can see how many it is so it catches your eye the quantities weren't circled he'd buy like this tea and it said like six of them dbk basic tea four he got one of every shirt and that was it and he ordered like 17 shirts dude. so it's a little shit like that that mm. we still mess up on but we're we're, we're dropouts what do you expect mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Are you familiar with uh, run-through-wall smelling salts, by chance? I've seen all these motherfuckers <laughs> smell them. I was hoping I wasn't going to have to smell <laughs> yeah, them, but it looks so, like I am. <laughs> so, you know, you guys both read for Monster Energy Drink. We're really we're really targeting the energy drink space with this. We think we could be bigger than uh, we think we could be bigger than Monster. The Are, br- aren't these so when people get KO'd? Yeah, it's for a multitude of things. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Here, get Toss in there. Wide, yeah. yeah, get in there. A brick painted helmet would be sick. Yeah, <laughs> we've been, yeah, we've been well, talking about building the team. I'll share like, one. Yeah, like I'll a share gold. One. What I would do is like a gold helmet, and then like run through wall smelling salts on the energy. For those who don't need doors. For those who don't it. need doors. So what you do here, Twitch, is you oh, you pop it. Do you, what you just break it? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a demonstration. So we're gonna do squeeze it. Oh, oh, oh my <laughs> god! That one hit the hardest. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh it's a strong batch. Dude, oh my god! Strong batch. That was in the back of my brain. <laughs> I gotta need another one. Oh my god! It like burns your nostrils. You keep wanting to smell it to see if it went away. It's like you can't oh. stop. Yeah. Oh god! It's like when you smell Ooh. a pair of boots oh and you're like, "Oh, it's yeah. so bad!" It's but so I can't. Bad, I can't stop smelling. It's so bad. Oh my god! It's so bad. Oh man! It's Dude, so bad, but it's so good. These things are yeah. gnarly. So if you, get, if you head on over to bombhole.com, you use promo code TWITCH, you'll get 0% off on your run-through wall smell. And we so. might send you the wrong shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wow. fun running a business, though. What huh? made you get into ba- these things, dude? <laughs> wow. Dude, uh, you know what's ridiculous? This is our number one selling product. Is it really? We sell, like, but you do it on every, every podcast. Of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... Uh, yeah, we do we do them on every show, and they're just fun. And like long drive, smack a smelling salt, you're good. Your buddy passes out, put a smelling salt in front of his nose, he wakes right up. So were you getting these not through this company, obviously, right? You were doing them yourself. Dude, like you would just find them and get them. That's what we 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 have like this weird wholesaler in New York. That's like it's like a drug deal, and you call <laughs> them and you wheel and deal prices, and then you get a giant bag like the side like trash bags full of smelling salts. No way. And then you bag them and or and you we bag bottle them and everything. And we yourself. bottle them and then we and we sell them and uh, called run through wall smelling salts and they're they're fucking hilarious. Can I have these? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All right. you, you have if you guys send bag. me a DM, I'll get you on the low with these ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll undercut them. <laughs> Yeah, it's good shit, man. It's really, it's really fun. Yeah, and we started. We saw hockey players and shit doing them. Really? And then, we, and then like weightlifters, and then we were just dude. Like, and then Chris do them is doing there. them on the line at oh. Washougal. Really? <laughs> dude, dude, we're going to race, and the dude next to us is freaking out. We're like, dude, you're enough of this. Try this. Yeah, try this. Try this. Oh, what He's are like, these guys what doing? The 
fuck? Mm-hmm. Fucking and snowboarders. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Blum ripped a holy. Did rip a holy. Wow. Run through a wall. Yeah. So it worked. <laughs> it worked. Was that yeah. your slogan? Yeah. For those who don't need doors. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try to scale this company, and we're actually we're gonna try to go on Shark Tank, hopefully soon. That would be sick. <laughs> Can I invest? Sure. Mr. Wonderful? Like, that would be so dope. Mr. Wonderful's like, let me try one of those. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> I just was kind of thinking about with us, like the, it's like talking about having fun and being dipshits. It's like the smelling salts, you know? That's us being dipshits. And all of a sudden yeah. you're like, like we started this, this. And now you sell them. We started this product as a complete joke. And it's like. It's our number one selling product. And you're like, <laughs> and that's what it's all about, I think. It's like, rad. You're just fucking around. It's like, you guys, you know, like, I bought the, um, like, and you guys make an exhaust and things like that, but I bought yep. the big straw hat for the track day yep. in the summer. Been uh, talking about it for days. My straw hat? Yeah. I'm excited. To, it's not hot enough. <coughs> Two it's not weekends, hot enough. you've been like, dude, I got the DBK straw hat. Yeah, it's so not hot enough yet. I've been, I've been telling every, every one I rode for, Militia, Hostility, and famous. I've always wanted a, you know, like in a hoodie, like I always wear hoodies and I was timing a knot. I've always wanted a hoodie string that I can smoke weed out of, like like a hose with metal tips. So I could just have like a little one hitter. So I can just have a little bit of weed in my pocket and just stuff it in. I'm going to make one. That is some Lucas Magoon shit. Yeah, yeah. that's. Well, you clean. know what made me think of it too is seeing the fucking Goon Gear sticker just now too. Yeah. <laughs> because I used to always see him and his chick up at Bear all the time when I was yeah. snowboarding and like Mulford, like all those dudes. And I would always be like, Dudes look like pieces of shit, and they're dope at what they do. Like, that's <laughs> sick. Yeah, so I, lo- I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, how'd you retire? Uh, I invented the hoodie string pipe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my buddy did the baths, the, the salts. Yeah. <laughs> Run through any fucking door. <laughs> Two mansions, just like Malibu on the beach. How'd you guys get here? What Run these assholes walls? do? <laughs> the hoodie string bowl and run through wall smelling salts. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into an ad from uh, Pub Beer. So here's the deal. This is the first time doing this, so this might be a little bit clunky here. So we used to do the Pub Beer crapshoot. Now we're going to do Pub Beer Roulette. Let me pull this thing. I need you to talk into the microphone so they can hear you. Exactly. <laughs> so what you're going to want to do here is roll this thing. You're going to drop a ball in there, spin it. Let me find one of these. And essentially it lands on a certain number of beer. Now, you can choose to accept said beer. You're the first person doing this. Or you can add to basically a tally. And they will take, uh, I think, up to, it's like 1,200 beers or something. They're, so we're going to try to get like a pub beer tally going where you can either, you know, take the, pool, the pot of beer or, you know, like let's say you land on six-pack. You can take a six-pack today or you can add it to the tally and up to 1,200 beers they will uh, give you. And a keg is on here as well. They'll give you or someone else? No, they'll give the guest. The guest will get to take it. Wow. So, here we go. Okay. What do we land on? Six-pack. Six-pack of tall cans. All right. Do you want to add six beers to the tally, or would you like to uh, take six beers with you? I'm taking that shit with me because we're in Utah, and I can't get beer after 4.30 <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> So there's the tally's officially at zero. Zero. We will give you your six pack. Smart guy. I'm being greedy. Give me that shit now. It's, it's in the man. fridge. We can go we can get you dialed in. Yeah. Um, Kenny, right. Kenny Bell would be really pissed at me if I left beer on the table yeah. here right now. So, so the, I got to take it. When we had the marketing meeting with Pub Beer. They were basically like, well, you know, we'll get this, we'll get a roulette table. We'll have like cases of beer, six packs of beer, 
kegs of beer and then you know up to like 1200 beers you know and then the the tally will just keep getting bigger and then at the end somebody can take 600 beers and we'll send them a pallet i'm like all right we'll see we'll see how far we get wow. <laughs> looks Whoa. like we're at zero you're all we actually won all of them so can you just send them now <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's get into hot takes here. We're going to have to kind of adjust this because it's for snowboarders. So um, the first question we like to ask is, who is the greatest of all time? Um, the GOAT in, I don't know if we, do we want to do freestyle moto or all of moto? What do you think, Blum? Let's do one of each. Okay. Like moto <clears throat> and then free ride. Okay. Oh, we ask male and female too. So who's the who's the goat of maybe free riding and freestyle, and then maybe just motocross in general? I would say the goat of freestyle would probably be Pastrana. Like the dude's won and fucking invented so many things and done so much gnarly stuff. But yeah, for sure, Pastrana. Did he's still doing gnarly shit? Okay, what about just like motocross in general? Moto in general, I'm going Jeremy McGrath. Mm. Sick, best style won the most races. Like, yeah, for sure. Okay, no, no, Carmichael. No, Carmichael didn't Greatest. do like the fucking speedboats on Havasu and like McGrath had a McGrath party. He had yeah. a fun career, you know. And I, and I was a little kid, and I liked all that, you know, like him and butting out on the boat all the time, like <laughs> partying in <laughs> Canyon Lake. Like it was just cool. You're like, I want that. Yeah. Okay. Do you describe uh, and. What do we call it? Are we calling it dirt biking? Is that a moto? What do you, what do you, if you're going to broaden your whole thing of what you do? Moto. Okay. Would you describe moto as an art form or a sport? I'd say more of an art form for sure. It's like your self expression of, of moto. Good answer. Okay. Who's the most underrated of all time? Most underrated of all time. I'm going to say my buddy Brian McCarty. This kid McNarls that we were riding from Arizona. I met him a long time ago through Nixie Danielson. And when we were riding freestyle, like in our prime, he was always uh, racing. But he would always dabble and, like, come out and do some free ride shit. And lately he's been riding so much, and he's been riding at my house a bunch. And his tricks are just insane. Like, his tricks are so big right now. Like, he's riding so good. I'd say he's probably one of the most underrated dudes. Okay, for the next one, we'd like to ask steel or powder for snowboarders. But I adjusted it to... Ramp or dirt? Dirt. Figured. Ramps get boring. It's like you can only hit the same ramp at the same distance for so many times before you're over it. But dirt, it always changes, and you got to adapt to the situation. So it, I think it takes way more skill, and, it, and it's just way funner and way more rewarding. That's a good one for the civilians, like Sage. You know, explain, <laughs> explaining why the why the ramp is. Uh, is worse than the dirt. It's a good civilian explanation right there. Well, and like when we rode contests a lot, like I would always try to do my gnarliest flip tricks on dirt that everyone was barely doing on the ramps to try to get rewarded and to get more points because I always thought it was harder to do the shit on the dirt. And sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. Like you would have someone go do shittier tricks off the dirt and and do all their hard tricks on the ramp where I was trying to do like my shittier tricks on the ramp and do my gnarly shit on the dirt to get rewarded for it. And sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. Okay. Uh, who has the best style ever in your opinion? Best style ever. In my opinion, Mike Mason, without a doubt, mm. all his shit was so good. Eh, this is a tough one because back in the day I would say like, 
06 to like 09 was probably Drake McElroy when he rode for like No Fear. He was like the first dude that was always matching his his riding gear to like his bike. Like everything was just dope as hell. And he had the sickest style on every single trick he would do. Good answer. What about, we like to ask best board graphic ever, but is there like a best like bike graphic? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think about back in the day, maybe some, is there best favorite bike graphic? Favorite bike graphic? Oh, man, there's so many different bikes and so many different kits all the time, but I'm going to have to say the um, Chaparral Yamaha 1-800 Collect Kit. Just the blue with the yellow and the white, like that just popped back. In like my, in like my day, like that was, that was dope, you know, like no one did that before. You guys should do a 1-800 Collect DBK rip. That'd be sick. Something. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what it'd be. <laughs> But uh one eight hundred put the wrong shit in the bag and sent it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh favorite moto movie ever made. Favorite moto movie ever made, crusty one. Hands down. That was like uh that was my encyclopedia to life. Just partying, dirt bikes, fun, like just all the shit in one video. I'd I'd literally come home every day from school and watch that video and then go ride. Good answer. Uh, this one is totally irrelevant to you, but it'll be fun to ask the heli boarding. So we always ask, we, we, we ask our, our snowboard guests, if you could go heli snowboarding with three people, anyone in the world, anybody dead or alive, uh, just for good times where you're going to do some pow wiggles, not to like build some gnarly jump, but just like good time snowboarding. Uh, who are you taking in that heli? You got three seats. Well, if I'm going in the heli with my dirt bike and I'm like riding like fresh dope dirt, yeah, there you that's go. How, that's how I'm regulating. <laughs> yeah, it. that's, how, that's, that's what a, I'm that's trans- transitioning yeah. it into. Yeah, I'm going. Um, Stu, you gotta get a bubble on there. Um, let me see, Ricky Johnson and PH. Definitely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have I want to have fun I that day. Have a good time. <laughs> and. Hmm. It's a tough one. Axel would have hit that beer. <laughs> <laughs> My kid's the best. <laughs> he's fucking, he's, you're here because he's here right now. I go, um, Matasevich. Oh, wow. Good, good looking heli. That's a good, good heli. Opera. I went old school with it. Dudes What's that the- like I looked up to when I was little, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That's incredible. I can ride with all these dudes that are dope anytime I don't fucking want. I want to ride with the older dudes mm-hmm. that like I don't have the opportunity to ride with. I'm still going to say you should throw a PH in there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw him out of the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Put him in. Put him in. Throw him out. Bring, bring him in. Give him a fucking uh, parachute and throw him out of the top. Hey, meet us over here at noon and we'll just fly by like this. <laughs> <laughs> Axel would hit. <laughs> Axel would have done that. Man, if Axel was here, you should see what he'd be doing on this. Yeah, thing. we're the best. <laughs> Cigar in his mouth. There's no were in this. I'm like, all you did is shoot this dude out of the end of your dick, and that was it. <laughs> okay, you're done. <laughs> all right, the last. Uh, you know, this is a good one. We go to go to first try backcountry like jump trick. So it's like maybe it's like go to jump trick. Like you're trying to do something. Like in the hills, I'd probably do a seat grab, Indy. It's like my go-to. You could do it whether you're looped out, nose down, like no matter the distance. Mm. What's a seat grab indie? It's like where you jump off like and grab the seat grab right here and just do your Indian air with like your body all tweaked out that way. Indian air. Got it. Indian Both air. feet out to the side. Yeah, but like twisted. Mm. 
It's the go-to. It's the easiest trick. <laughs> okay, last last question we got is uh, worst trend in your opinion. What's the what's the worst trend? Worst trend: tracks? neon gear, mm. or the super super tight gear. Just wasn't ever a fan of it. I always heard tight tight is right from some people. If the shit's flexible, but even mm. then, it's like. You have some of these dudes now, they look like their gear's fucking spray-painted on them. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, You think it's going to make you a millisecond quicker? You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, mm. not for me. You know, Blum, he's got some freestyle moves. I try. Heel clicker <clears throat> on the XR. Wow. Oh, yeah. All day. I've seen the XR. That thing's bad. Mm-hmm. Sage, what do you got? <laughs> Stall. 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 <laughs> Stall. <laughs> Stall from, from downshift Stall. <laughs> In the corner pocket. <laughs> I'm pretty good at the staller. Stalling the bike. You ever see someone just like absolutely tip over in a corner? <laughs> uh, the stall to get it started to whiskey throttle to your back. <laughs> Panic because everyone's looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and then claim, and then have an excuse. Oh, I, just, uh, I don't know what was going on. I didn't <laughs> sleep good last night. Couple Go straight back to excuses. <laughs> you know, you're, we're looking at you're looking at a couple motorheads over here, like Sage, especially when it came to the install when you got those monster Polarises, the install of the rack. Oh man, that was so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't even try to explain myself. <laughs> I drilled the hole in the wrong spot. Yeah, it was back the back of the snowmobile has radiators, and he mounted us like a rack so you can carry no. a snowboard. And you just, just, yeah. <laughs> the skidoo, the skidoo ones, you, there's like a, zo- a zone where you don't do it and a zone you do. So I'm like, oh, right there. And so I got a Polaris because mine broke. I just go straight into where you do the do's. And it just goes, shoot. And then do it just <laughs> monster <laughs> green, monster OG green coolant. Just, <laughs> this spot looks perfect. I'd have, Hodges had dr- driven him up to Wyoming. I send him back the next day. I was like, dude, you got to take this into the Hey, something's wrong. something's wrong with this thing. He's like, I thought you know how these things go. I'm like, dude, I'm still sketching these things. Sage's so a bit of a mechanic out yeah, there, Yeah, a too. bit of a mechanic. I if love you need it. him to work on your bike, he's, he's got yeah, you dialed in. Yeah, before the demo tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kicking it. <laughs> Push your mechanic out of the way. I got this. Listen, I got I this, got buddy. This. I got this. We just did a podcast for two hours. I know all about this, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with the stall? <laughs> all right. I think we covered most of it. Anything else we should talk about, boys? Oh, that was really sick. That was a fun conversation. Yeah. Easy, fun. What about how, how do you do a whip? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> What's for the friend? Always, I was watching uh, videos. For a friend. I'm asking for a friend. When you come into the ramp, you kind of do like a wiggle left, wiggle right, and you always pop a little wheelie. Depending on What's which way I'm trying to whip. Up? Like the wheelie is always for like my timing. I know once I wheelie. That's like your flow. It's like I wheelie and then like I preload into the ramp to get a little bit more pop. I've always done that. Like, I don't know why. It's just something I've always done. It's funny seeing other people do it now too. They're like, why do you do it? I'm like, why do you do it? They're like, I don't know. I saw you do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like the style that sets uh, the moto apart in snowboarding, the ride in and ride out. Good point. Like his little wheelie. Catches my eye of the yeah, yeah, like, Steve. Oh. Mm. And that was kind of, that was kind of like a big thing that I, like whenever we would ride events back in the day, like people would always write their trick list on their handlebar pad or like on their fender. I that. And I'm like, that is so fucking corny. Like if you can't remember your run, <laughs> Five your tricks. 16 <laughs> tricks or whatever it is, like if you had a 90 second run, a mi- like two minute run, like. I'm like, you shouldn't have to write this shit down. So when I would see someone do like the sickest trick, then they'd stop and like 
almost like come to a dead stop and look at their handlebar pad to see their next trick. And then they're messing with their stabilizer and then going, I'm like, you need to keep a flow. Like I would always just write everything down on a notepad and I'd put D for dirt and then R for ramp. And I'm like 85 foot dirt hit flip whip, double grab whip. You know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I would just go through that in my head. And like, I always hated seeing that. And for me, I, I, I think like the wheelie just came from just like, just having just like my flow. And like, I wanted to preload and get into the jump quicker. And I always thought it looked, looked better. Like you had a little bit more style to it and nobody else was doing it. And you so and Mikey do it. the like, we always swerve going into it. Like, it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to do a turn up, it's like, you almost want the bike to like load one way and then onload the other way. So it brings you back to the right direction. Like yeah. it's, it, people are always like, which way do you turn off the ramp? I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like, I go this way, I go that way. And then I lean my body that way. Like, I guess that'd be comparable to like snowboarding, like coming into the lip, getting going toe to heel to spin front side. Almost or like a method, almost. In a yeah, way. like setup carving a method. Like you can kind of pop off like your heels, almost on a method too. Mm-hmm. And like you're, you can come in like this way. But if you yeah. slide off it like Beerman did, you're not doing it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, it's, so it's kind of like you're. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it's kind of like that's how like you load for it to like swap you back over this direction, you know, and like right. get you upright. I got a question. How many tricks have you invented? Or did you invent any? That's a good question. I, I don't a, you invented, Sage, yeah. good question. I invented a bunch, but like no one even does them really anymore. They're like old school. Relics. Like, yeah. Like I would always do like a stale fish thing. Like, I don't know, and like saran wrap out of it. And like, what what's about a the stale da- fish? Yeah. What is a stale fish? It was like you would like, if you're holding your handlebars, that you would bring both feet up, like almost like a bar hop with this foot, and your feet would go out to the side. And then you would rip this hand off and slide your foot around like saran wrap back on. But I was the one, well, I basically started doing turndowns, like the turn up, like turndowns yeah. and turn ups and shit like that. And Twitch then everyone started doing it. But it was from videos that I seen of McGrath doing when I was mm-hmm. a little kid, like turn ups. But like turndowns, I I was the first one that started doing turndowns whip. And every, everyone would call it the Twitch whip, but it yeah, was just the a turn down. The turn ups, yeah. like front the nose tire, high. high. Front high. And the turn downs, like where you're like, you would you're go like, and just turn into bounds. it backwards yeah, yeah. like that. Like, seat bounds? No, not on those. Okay, uh, I, I started doing those in like um, one of the old terra firma videos way back in the day up in San Jose. There was just like this hip, and I started trying them. And then I started trying them on every jump I would do because they just looked cool, and no one else was doing it. So yeah. I'm like, everyone was doing regular butt whips and seat bounce whips. I'm like, I want to do a turn down, you know. Sick. Then I would always get pissed when people are like, "Oh, it's an oppo." I'm like, it's not a fucking oppo. It's not an opposite whip. Like I seat bounce whip this way, and I turn down whip this way. It ain't an oppo. Hmm. Sick. Another thing that trips me out too in the dirt is you guys being able to go off the ruts and stay in the ruts and not get like because you can get crossroaded and get mangled. As soon as you start thinking about the ruts, that's when you fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I try to not even look at them. I can yeah. just keep my line and keep doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, and then it sucks too because you'll get you'll get sucked into this one rut and you're like, should I move over two inches and make a new one? Like, no, I'll just stay in here. Mm-hmm. But then you move over and it's way better. So it's like once one rut gets too blown out, we always start moving over. Yeah. I trip and I I've walked like the. The track at Supercross, yeah. Like the ruts are so gnarly. Like our ruts don't ever get that bad on the hills because we'll shovel the shit out of yeah. them, you know. And as soon as they start getting blown out, we're like, "Hey, let's shovel again so we can get good clips." Dude, we need the K Dub transfers to come back. Yeah, they've been talking about maybe letting Axel do it. It'd be pretty sick. That would be he'd be perfect. It, yeah, he would be perfect for it because he'll be jump the whole damn track. Yeah, dude, he almost hit his head on the ceiling on that one. That was crazy. Del Mar that year, he was. Oh, I was there. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. That was not. I was sitting in the stands. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, I don't think it's worth it. I'm like, you're going to be high as hell. And I'm like, the whole condition was just not good. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't enough dirt for all the landing. The landing was small. It it took dirt from all the other landings, so they all sucked. I'm like, 
if we're gonna do a dope show, like we might as well just take that thing out. And he goes, I'm gonna jump it real quick. I'm like, you little bastard. And when he, like I was filming and I was filming him and I seen him, I like stopped. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna hit his head across the beam. Like he over jumped the jump. Like that thing was gnarly. He never jumped it again after that. Yes, yeah, yes. He's always sketchy. <laughs> yes. The shit he wants to jump sometimes, like he'll come up to me, he'll be like, what do you think? You think I got it? I'm like, I don't want to answer that question because I ain't even jumping that fucking thing, no. you know? But then sometimes he'll take test runs and be like, what do you think? I'm like, if I was going to hit it, that I would hit it just like that right now. Like, I don't think you're going to go too too long or too short. Like, you'll probably be right there in a good spot. You know what I was thinking about when you're talking about that airbag ramp or the waterbed or whatever you're calling it? <laughs> waterbed. Mattress the water, landing. The waterbed. He, uh, uh, Colby did the thing where the ramp broke recently. Right? Yeah. That was fucked. That have was you, just, have you seen that? That was just um, setup error. Mm-hmm. The dudes that were setting it up were in a rush and just didn't bolt it. Yeah, he goes off a big metal ramp and thinks shit's the better as he no. ta- take off, right? Ramp to I ramp. Check that. In Temecula at, at the local mall like that they do for the youth every year. Yeah, when he goes off the bottom of the ramp, the top folds down. And he just jumped it and like was fully looped out. Luckily, he knows how to crash and he has skills like – He's good at a lot of things. He's good at BMX. He's good at mo- he's good at everything he does, you know. So he just literally waited to last second, threw it out and slid down the landing and got so lucky. But like anyone else probably would have got cartwheeled. Mm-hmm. Like he he saved that good and that ramp was just a super old shitty ramp and the dude who set it up just didn't set it up right. Damn. All right, so for the end of the show, uh, we like to do setups. Um, normally, ask people their snowboard setup. You want to walk us through your? Actually, do you have a snowboard setup? I'm curious about that. What are you rocking? No, I haven't had a board in so long. MFM. It was when I rode for for Etnies. Like I was always all yeah. 32 gear. Like I don't even remember what board I had back then. Sick. You need gear? You hit us up. Um, okay, Moto. Then what's your setup? What are you riding? Riding a 2023 KX450 right now. All Enzo suspension. Um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. She's a baddie. So you got so those would normally come with Showa's and you put KYBs or they, uh, they No, I'm on Showa now. I was on KYB forever the whole K- time I okay. rode Cali and then uh I finally went to Showa two years ago. Okay. Sick. What kind of graphics? We got era graphics on there? Yeah, era. All DBK kit, mm. all my shit. Mm. Available dbk.com. Yeah. I might cop that. Use use promo code for Kurt. the for the Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next kit. We'll send you a, we'll send you a, we'll send you a cover a patch kit to get over your hole in the radiator. <laughs> Why is this shooting monster green coolant out of the top of this? Yeah, it's kind of sick. I ordered I, I ordered a pit bike graphics kit for my snowmobile. It looks really good. <laughs> Okay. Uh, any other plugs? You got you got tires. They, they give you a free bike. Uh, they let me borrow a bike, and Coin Power Sports gives me all my bikes. That that's who I've been riding for the last few years. Mm. That's kind of bullshit. Cowie doesn't give you bikes. That's what I'm saying. You we mean- sell a lot of shit for him. Even like when One Tens first came back, I remember my buddy Don from uh, he was at Transworld. Now he's at um, Swap Moto. He was talking to the Cowie guys when when you couldn't even keep a One Ten in stock anymore, and he hit him up just like playing dumb. He's like, how come, how come you guys think all these one tens are, are selling out? He's like, it's Twitch and Axel. They're selling all these bikes. Like we can't even keep them, keep them in stock. But Kawasaki's so corporate and so scared to touch us. It's like they get, they'll get mad if you tag them. You know what I mean? Like doing what we do just because they're legal so gnarly. Mm. So a lot of companies trip on it because they don't want people thinking they can go buy the bike and do what we do. So it's cool. My buddy over there hooks me up with parts and gives me a bike to use for the year. And then I get all my other bikes from um, Coin. Sick. 
Okay. Um, you know, lastly, we can, if you want to throw any thank yous out, you can. And then uh, we'll, what's next? Thank you to anyone who's ever supported my career. I get to fucking ride a dirt bike for a living and have fun and not worry about shit. Can't really complain. And uh, what's next for, for Twitch? Next for me, I don't even know what I'm doing after this. I never know what's next. It just shit pops up and I do it, you know? I actually am starting another company, my own hat blank company. Mm. Something different. Blanks. Blanks. So you guys are going to, you're just selling headwear? Mm -hmm. Or are you making headwear for other people? We'll, we'll make them for other people, but mm. we're just going to have a huge stock of like everything that's dope and make all of our own shit with our own materials. Sick. Amazing. Get all you right. some bomb hole ones. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, so you, another sidebar, you're going to derail. I know it's the end, but you've always stayed direct to consumer with DBK. You're ever going to go to shops? Eventually. Yeah. If, 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 if it makes <laughs> sense, but a lot of the times the margins that you get just don't make sense. So if it makes sense, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we'll just keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question I got, hard hitting. Uh, you know, you're sitting in this chair. You've done so much in your career, uh, both entrepreneurial, family-wise, on a dirt bike, off a dirt bike. You've, you've had a, a great life. Uh, if you go back to that, um, you know, 15-year-old kid that's, you know, having a hard time, you know, you have any, advi any advice for that kid? I don't know if I have too much advice, but it's like, People always are like, hey, would, would if you could go back and change anything, would you do it different? And I'm always like, no, because it made me – it gave me my character and made me who I am today. It's like I, I, burned, a, I burned a few bridges and did some dumb shit, and, like, that's how you learn. And that, that, that I feel like that's what made me the person I am today. So I, I don't regret anything I've ever done growing up or really would change anything of, of, of my path and how I did it, even with the tax shit. <laughs> 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 it made me realize a lot of things and grow up really quick. <clears throat> Taylor. Well, uh, Blum, Sage, thanks for coming on today. It's been a hell of a show. Thank you. Thank you. Twitch, thanks for coming. Good times. Thank you, dude. I Appreciate had fun. You. Good times. Julian, thanks for running the show back there. And to everybody that supports the show, Patreon uh, members, people that buy merch, um, we really appreciate you guys, all our sponsors. And again, head on over to dbk.com. Use promo code Kotzenberg for negative 70% off, where you actually have to pay more. <laughs> and we're also selling bath salts. Make sure to use Twitch um, for 0% off, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Over and out from the bomb hole. That was solid. Oh. Fun show.